Warning, the following episode of Orsini's Uncensored Mind contains explicit language and adult content. The thoughts and opinions stated on the show are reflective of A.J. Orsini and his guests exclusively. But seriously, guys, the show's called Uncensored. If you got a problem with bad language, I really don't give a shit. I don't know if it comes off on the audio, but I chuckle every fucking time. That fucking, I don't think it does. I don't hear you. That fucking question mark is hilarious. I knew the minute we recorded it, that shit was going to be great. I was like, this is going to fucking be... Here we are a year and a half later. Still chuckling about it. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Orsini's Uncensored Mind. I am your host, AJ Orsini. Once again, joined by my brother by the same... This, we just checked it out this weekend. We double-checked, quadruple-checked. Same exact mother. My brother, of course, deceived Dave. We're back, boy. We're back, We're finally. Back. We're back. So we didn't do an episode last week because... Because I was ready. It wasn't me yeah, this time. Wasn't you. I uh, was ready. The spouse, the esposa, uh, no feel good. She's sick. Well, she was last weekend. I can't shut her up now. She's in the other room jibber-jabbering as we speak. Mm. But um, she was brutally, brutally, brutally sick uh, last weekend. So I had to make a choice do my podcast or care for my wife and i gotta tell the public now it's disgusting how close that race was Um, (laughs) i'm just like bro i'm just gonna be real with you you can't hang in there for like two hours like chill (laughs) like we go into the emergency room or what level i mean scale of one to 57 what are we talking about bro you're giving birth to a child this can't possibly (laughs) measure up yeah, so it was like it, it became disgustingly close. I I almost lost favor. That's how close it was. But in the end, <laughs> righteousness won out, and I decided she, to be a husband. She triumphed and took the dub. Yeah, yeah. She in the end, she pulled it out. Not literally. That's not how she won the situation. But it's I chose to be a husband instead of a podcast host. Yeah. So that was the reason why we didn't get a chance to do it last weekend. Also, though, Memorial Weekend. So for those of you out there with military in your family, congrats or however that works. I'm not into, I always get Memorial Day and Labor Day confused. I think Memorial Day, because Memorial is those who are fallen in the service. Is that how that goes? And then Labor Day uh, yeah. is the celebration of those who are currently, like the live ones. They haven't died yet. They're still right. out there kicking ass and chewing bubble gum or whatever it is that they do out there. So congrats to all of you who are still alive. And unfortunately, for those who have passed, tip of the cap to you. Um, 
Also big news for this week. I don't know if y'all heard, because I don't think I blasted it enough. I graduated. Yeah, I need that drop. Um, yeah, I graduated officially. I, I've had my diploma for fucking months. I've had it since January. Uh, but they had the ceremony this past weekend. So I put that all over the soch, you know, because I've been talking about going to school and taking classes on this show for a while now. So at least now there's some closure to that storyline here. Mm-hmm. That's what we do here on Orsini's Uncertain We tie these bad boys up. We don't leave you hanging. We got you all invested in what's going on. We bring mm-hmm. you in. We make it relatable, sometimes emotional. <laughs> and then we wrap it all up with a pretty little bow and give you guys the finish that you so righteously deserve. It will not be a continuous theme. So I'm, so I'm glad you guys got a chance to get some closure from something. And I'm glad it happened on a personal level uh, with us. I got a chance. And I'll take this as a bonus. I got a chance to see your wife, which I haven't seen since we found out that she was pregnant. Mm-hmm. And I got her, I finally got a chance to see her again since, um, um just before, I guess, because the baby's since on I, way. Since I knocked her up. Yeah. yeah since since I planted us. my seed there inside of Some her. of that special sauce uh-huh. into the mix and uh, basically just made a whole mess inside that lady. She's been dealing with the consequences of that fucking night yep. the last seven months. True. Um, but we're gearing toward the end here. Very much so. Very much so. Your wife is uh, is doing well. She's okay. We're good so far. How's, so far, how, so how does, far, as well Sam as you can work? be. <laughs> as well as you can be. We're on but, Sam Watch here on Orsini's Uncensored Mind. That's we're it. Keeping it out and keeping and see what's going on. Soon as enough, that goes. she's gonna be here before we know it. <laughs> and and the room is set up. We're good. Everything is good to go. Or you still got mm. some last minute stuff to put together. No, no, thus far we're pretty good. Okay. We're pretty good so far. We got, we just actually, that's why my body's just dead, dude. We just finished going to Ikea, picking up a, a few last things like a uh, like a mattress and stuff like that. But okay. for the most part, the only thing we're really missing, if she were to come today, would just be like a uh, the car seat. But I was told from Rachel that she's getting that for us soon. So that's why we're not really rushing for it. So she's going to get that off our registry. So okay, I should be good to go, honestly. All right. All right. Car seat's important. They're not going to let you leave the hospital without that. So you yeah. Gotta, you got to make sure there you go. And you got to sign that paperwork, boy. Let me tell you something. I didn't realize that you, when you have a baby and the lady is sitting there all, you know, bust open and shit. And then they go here. Sign for this child, and you go. Oh, wait a minute! I could back out of this. Oh, 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 hold on, hold on. <laughs> hold the phone. Who, History who, has shown that I don't have to do this. Yeah, so sad. There's a whole Maury's made a career out of people doing this shit. Hold on a second. I don't have to do this. I could just renege. Imagine I just left the paperwork by her while she slept. She woke up with just documentation there, and no man. He was just huh. just gone out of fucking nowhere. So. Uh, yeah, so we're looking forward to that. I can't wait to see Baby Girl get here and see what's going on, man. See what's going on. I'm probably on. not going to see you guys for fucking ever because you're going to be sleeping and shit. But yeah, we'll something like all, that. We'll get it all worked out. Got to make sure her brain is intact before we do anything else. Oh, definitely. Else. That's a must. That's a must. Yeah. Got to check that out. 
You don't want one. You don't want one of those. I I, I got the opposite. I'm very happy. I I spend all day around kids of various situations, and, and you know, you want to make sure everything's on the up and up. So. Oh, the baby's gonna be great. I'm talking about the other one. You gotta make sure she's good. <laughs> coming at coming out of that. Oh, postmortem, baby. That's a real yeah. thing, baby. Yeah, I've been reading a lot about it, and uh, yeah. Oh yeah. It's Prayers always, up. It's always good to read about depression before a child comes. I mean, stay on yeah. top of that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Speaking about depression, uh, ah, today's good segue. <laughs> Because God damn it, I'm blown away. I just don't understand what's happening. And you got a lot of explaining to do for me. Uh, hold on I a don't second. don't understand. Wait a goddamn second. Don't put this all on my plate. It's all on you. Yo, no, wait a second. It's on you. You I made didn't... me sit down and watch this shit, and now you must explain. <laughs> you, will... you must explain. Was it? You will rule the day. Go ahead. Start ruining. Yep, uh... exactly. <laughs> I, don't... I don't know what happened. <laughs> to be honest with you, I really don't. I really don't know what happened because, um, as you stated before we went on the air, and this is nine times out of ten true, the pay-per-views for all elite wrestling are supposed to be the ones that are the bangers. Yeah. This is supposed to be the time that even if you're not a fan of the show, uh, you know, Dynamite or Rampage or whatever, they usually do get you with the goddamn... Um, with the goddamn pay-per-view. The booking is just, it, it's usually absolutely insane. I don't, they usually work out. Even in some of the scenarios where we're just like, oh, we don't know if that's going to work. It, it usually works. Mm, yeah. So what happened? I, <laughs> I don't know. There's going to be some, okay, so just to set up for the audience here, we're talking double or nothing here. And pretty much because there's, uh, looking at the cheat now. Twelve fucking matches. Okay, this is probably gonna dominate this fucking show. But I'll tell this you this is... now. I'm gonna start off with the same fucking complaint. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to be a broken record here, but it's, it's the same awesome, fucking dude. complaint. This show is too fucking long. It's too long. Too dude. fucking long. Stop. I can't, I can't, dude. I really can't <laughs> do that. This is too fucking much. Not everyone on the roster needs to be on the fucking card. No, there's a lot of people on this roster that does not need to be on this card at all. There's 12 matches, right? About 12 matches. So I, I usually tend to lean, I think, a nice strong card anywhere from seven to eight matches. So someone's going to tell me, well, what are the four matches? But I could give you four matches right now. I'm not. I'll give it to you after because I don't want to go out of order of the matches that we got here. But I can give you four right now off the top of my head that could have waited till fucking Wednesday. Didn't need to be on this fucking card at all. But I digress. So uh, before we get into the actual card, because the very first matchup I'm going to tell you right now is going to cause a rant. And the reason for that is because... Two weeks ago, remember, folks, we didn't do an episode last week. Two weeks ago, my brother asked me what's to deal with the Sasha Banks Naomi situation, and we got into it a little bit more than I wanted to at the time because I wanted to see how it panned out. Well, it's been two weeks and it's panned into fucking nothing, so no sense in holding off on that. But we're not really going to go down that road just yet because right next to Sasha and Naomi, 
MJF jumps on board, and all of a sudden, he's also pissed. He's pissed with AEW. And he's having a little bit of a contract tiff between him and Tony. And I need to be clear. Because, again, I don't really think people are understanding where my issue lies. So you have an issue? No, I have a big issue. With MJF? No. Okay. Nope, not with MJF, not with Sasha Banks, not with Naomi. Now, as the host of a podcast, what I am about to say is probably not a good professional idea to say. But because I've been doing it since the show started, no sense in me stopping now. I'm mad at the fucking fans. Okay. I'm mad at professional wrestling fans. How dare you? Tiff, tiff. Why? I'm pissed. Because they just... (sighs) Wrestling fans, traditionally speaking, has always been a kooky niche group. Historically speaking. Even when wrestling was a mainstream thing, like per se in the Attitude Era, and it was a pop culture phenomenon, it's always been niche. It got big for a little bit, and then it died down and eventually went back into being a niche. To be a wrestling fan makes you a specific type of person, okay? You, okay, you, you, have nerd. To, you have to, I mean, there's an element to that, yeah, but you also have to be one of those kinds of people. I don't care what people really think, I like this shit, right? <laughs> Every wrestling fan is surrounded by people at some point in time in their lives that doesn't like wrestling. So to still be the wrestling guy or wrestling girl or whatever the case, it takes a certain amount of individuality to be like, yeah, I know that other people around me aren't big fans, but I love this shit, Mm -hmm. right? There's a certain element to that. And fans over the generations, they change, right? And when in the beginning, everyone thought this was legit and real, and then as the the generations went down, that kind of got diluted over time, diluted over time. We're now at a point now where everyone thinks they know what's going on inside the, you know, wrestling world or whatever the case, but they have no idea. But the ideology is is that they do, that they do understand what happens behind the scenes, that they do understand what happens in the real life version of being a wrestler behind the scenes. So they feel the need that I'm not even going to say want, because for some of these people, it's not really a want. For some of these people, they feel the fucking need to have to speak up on topics that they know absolutely nothing about. Even if it it pertains to something outside of the realm of professional wrestling, i.e. contracts. I'm so sick of hearing people who have no idea how contracts even work debating the merits of a fucking contract. It's astounding to me how confidently a human being can speak about something they don't fucking know about. And have no fucking experience in. And not only have never signed a contract in their life, probably don't have the skill set or the ability to ever aspire to be in a position to be contracted by fucking anybody. Mm. Well, then look at a person who not only is contracted, but a high-level individual in their field. And tell them how they're going to conduct their life and make their professional choices based on their skew POV. That's happening on a daily basis. Started long before MJF, and even long before this current situation with Sasha and Naomi. 
I first got my taste of this new generation's thought process when Sasha did it in 2019. That's the first time I got a chance to see what today's wrestling audience really feels about the talent they supposedly support. Whenever these contract situations come up, all of a sudden, the fans have an issue. And the issue is never with the appropriate people. It's with the people, It and this is going to sound ridiculous, but it's the person who got assaulted and you're blaming the person who got assaulted instead of the assaulter. Well, what did you say? What did you do? Why did you piss him off like that? Excuse right. me. Excuse me. What? What are you talking about? He blackened my eye. Right. That's why I'm trying to figure out why did you get him so mad? What'd you do? Mm-hmm. People are having this issue, and I'm going to alleviate half of the complaints that people are going to give me for these comments right now. Oh, you're working yourself up. It's a work. It's a work. It's all a work. No, it's not a work. Not all of it. They're turning. The, they turn these things into works because they know that you guys buy into it. That's why. For instance, and the reason why I'm bringing this up is because the first match on the card is MJF and Wardlow. And the way that this match went and the way that this match ended plays into exactly what we're talking about. That's why I'm talking about it now. To get it out of the way so we can shit, I mean, cherish or whatever the rest of this fucking card that took place. And just get it out of the way now. MJF's promo post this pay-per-view, though it's past Wednesday, when he supposedly gave the greatest promo of all time, or whatever the fuck these idiots are saying about a promo that didn't mean shit to anybody except for the two fucking people that were involved in it, right? Once again, MJF and his YouTube comment style of promoing, just saying all the bullshit that the fans say on a normal basis, that's his gimmick, that's his deal. It's whatever, right? If you like that sort of thing, that's the sort of thing that people like. Fine. But my issue is not with MJF. My issue is not with Sasha Banks. My issue is not with Naomi. I actually like MJF. I don't like his style of promo. That's just me nitpicking. But even regardless of how I like his style or not, it would be ridiculous for me to sit here and say that he's not one of the top five, if not one of the best promos and performers in the world today. Right. I have to give him that. So when you At have least, someone huh? right off the just off the top, off the bat, and for him to be in that position and to look to his left and to look to his right and see nothing but his contemporaries being at an age where they will not be here in five years. Right. The top guys in AEW, that means the ones they're really pushing, will not be here in five years. So MJF is looking at guys like Wardlow. He's looking at guys like Darby. He's looking at guys like Jungle Boy. He's looking around at Sammy Guevara, right? These so-called pillars. And he's looking around. He's looking at himself. Hey, all talented guys, but they're not far as far along as I am. Right. And even their top-level potential probably isn't as high as mine is. Right. So why am I? And I agree. Yeah. And it's, he's making 100% sense. And he's looking around and he's looking and he's realizing, what's the situation here with this then? Why am I working across from someone who's making almost four, maybe five times what I'm making? And I'm going to beat this guy. I'm going to go over on this guy. I'm being positioned as a guy who is going to be not only the foundation, but the guy in this company for quite possibly the next decade. 
That's the way I'm being positioned. But it's not the way that I'm being treated. Why right. why is the, why are those two things as unequal as they are? Did he walk into Tony Khan's room and say, "Hey, fuck you, you fuck. I want a new contract." I don't know. Did he walk in there and very timidly say, "Hey, you know, is there any way we can kind of restructure or maybe take a look?" At, I don't know. I don't know what his tone was when he walked into that room. What I do know is his argument's fucking correct. Right. And if he's in a situation where he feels like he is being mistreated in any fucking way at all whatsoever, then this is exactly what he should be doing. See, the fans, <laughs> the fans are upset. Can I ask you? The yeah, fans are upset. The, the fans are upset because he no-showed a Q&A or a meet-and-greet or whatever the fuck that was. The business, Saturday baby. or whatever beforehand. Exactly. It's business. Yeah. Some, I think it was uh, Tony. Tony Mark on my, uh, no relation to the actual Mark Mark. He's a cool dude. <laughs> Goes on my page and said, hey, no, there's no showing uh, no showing fans is unprofessional. No ifs, ands, or buts. Brother, there's a lot of ifs and a lot of buts. There's a lot of ifs I said and it buts. to you on social media. I'll say it to you here. Lots of ifs and lots of buts. Especially since the people that he's negotiating with or the people that he's going to be communicating with are going to use you, the <laughs> fan, <laughs> as a weapon to humble him and to keep him in his fucking place. And the fact that you're playing into that puts you on the side of the actual employer who's pulling all the real unprofessional shit. So you should probably even be more offended about the fact that they're making him do it as opposed to him not showing up. Because they knew before they booked him for that that he is not happy with what's going on and they were in the middle of shouting matches and they're in the middle of going back and forth because of contract negotiation and litigation. And they booked him for a fucking meet and greet any fucking way. You know why they did that? Because they can. And that's what they probably told him. You're going to go to this thing because we fucking said so. And he said, <laughs> sure. And he stayed yeah. fucking home. Yeah, you got me fucked up. Yes. So instead of jumping on the talent... For reacting to actual unprofessional behavior, maybe you should turn that venom toward the individual who's using you as a fucking pawn in the game of bullshit that they pull on people. I made the joke. Well, it wasn't really a joke. I actually kind of meant it, but it was funny. The uh, I said on my social media about a week or so ago, I said if the Austin McMahon feud happened today, the fans would actually feel bad for Vince. What an unprofessional yeah. piece of shit Stone Cold Steve Austin is being. I can't believe how unappreciative. What an entitled brat Stone Cold is being toward the benevolent and philanthropist that is Vince McMahon. Wow. How, how dare they? <laughs> can you imagine? No, I can. That's where I'm coming from with this. I can totally see it. The same people, and I know this for a fucking fact, because some of the people on my social media I know personally. And the same people who will sit here and share a beer with me and complain about how their boss fucks them mm. will then turn around on social media and see a situation where the boss is fucking with an employee and the employee fights back and he's mad at the fucking employee. That's why. Man. That's why I stopped arguing about it because I now I now began to realize exactly what you just said two seconds ago. 
their brains have been so fucking beaten in by the world around them, they don't yeah. they don't see it any other fucking way. Because when they're told to do something, they're too scared, they're too soft, they don't have it in them to tell their employer no, because they're so afraid. Ah, oh, you could be fired. Fire me. There's some sense of confusion that people have where taking and this is where the generation is changing and you can you can see it i can see it every day the generation is changing there is this there's this misconception that being abused and taking it without complaining is being a man or not being a bitch yeah so the moment you start talking crazy or talking back or standing up for yourself or knowing your rights and all you want, look, man, I'll do whatever you need. That's fine. I just I just would really like to be respected. Like, that's all. I just don't want to be talked too stupid. That's it. Oh, now you're being difficult. Now you're yeah. being a baby. Now you're being an asshole. You're unappreciative. You know what? I'm going to fire you. Uh, And even in the workplace, fuck wrestling, even in the workplace today, these kids yep. are like, uh, okay, fire me then. Yes. You, no, 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 no. You know what? You know the old school way where you stay until you get see that's the thing that's the tug of war right mm-hmm. you're not gonna quit because you want to get paid still for not being here in order to do that i have to fire you so i'm gonna make your life miserable and get the work out of you until you quit because you can't take it no more these kids don't give a fuck about that <laughs> they're like yo you know what bro i'll do you one better i'm done yeah. i'm fucking out of here i'm fucking out of here Remember when the pandemic was starting to slowly die down and everyone was going back to in-person work and people were like, well, nobody wants to work anymore. No, nobody wants to work for you anymore. People want to work because they want to make money. If you're having a hard time filling your spot, maybe this is some sort of self-assessment you should be putting yourself through to figure why it is nobody wants to fucking work with you. I said this the other day when I was arguing with somebody. I said, I don't give a shit if it's pro wrestling or if it's real life or whatever the fuck. If you're my employer and you talk to me like a piece of shit, I'm not fucking working for you anymore. Right. I'm not I'm not doing that. And then somebody came back at me and said, well, it doesn't matter how they speak to you. You have a contract. You do your job. Fuck you. Absolutely yeah, no. fucking not. Yeah, no, I, I need to know the person who said you that. I want to have a conversation with them and understand their self-worth, homie, yeah. because I don't know about you. Listen, I understand being gritty and biting down and doing what you got to do to get the job done, but Jay-Z couldn't have said it any better a long time ago, buddy. There is a million ways to get it, and it's not just sitting at this one location Yep. Getting bitched at by fucking Tom because he's on a high horse all of a sudden because he finally made manager, and he think it's he thinks it's his turn to be a dick. Nah, not on my account, buddy. That's that's not how this is gonna go down. Yeah. These are the same people who get called in on their off days and actually come in like dumbasses. These are the same people who put in time off two weeks in advance just like the just like the plant flit says you're supposed to and then get denied and then actually don't go like an idiot these are the same people who bitch and complain about the pay but they don't advocate for anything they don't look for a different job that pays a little bit more they just sit in that hole all goddamn day and just suffer and sweat and they want all of us to do the same thing fuck off no thank you especially and to gear it back toward wrestling 
when you're MJF, Sasha Banks, and Naomi. You're talking about yeah. the elite of the elite of the elite. You're talking top high level. High level. Yeah. High nah. level shit. Nah. If if Jackoff Jabroni number one came in off the indie to do a tryout for AEW and he got pissed off about his booking, I can see you going, you know what, fuck this guy, because you'll cut him in a second. Go back home. You ain't gonna cut MJF. You're not if M- MJF was working during that promo. And that's why people are going to be confused. Oh, I told you it was a work. No. They're using a real-life situation, and they're spinning into a work because at least, even though the two are not on the same page, they are at least of the understanding that we need to keep this train moving in case we actually do come up with a solution and we don't have to start from scratch. So we're going to keep this moving. MJF's going to do his thing. I'm going to do mine on the side, and we're going to keep this train moving. So in this situation, where it comes off as a work, it's a shoot that they're utilizing in a work. It's not all a yeah. work. It's not all a work. They're they're in a situation right now where they're not happy with each other. There's a lot of truth being said in jest. Yes, and those are the storylines that usually tend to work the best. Absolutely. So I'm glad that they're spinning it that way. I'm not even going to sit here and hate on it. But my issue, again, work, shoot doesn't matter. I'm not here to talk to you about MJF, Sasha, and Naomi. I'm here to talk to you about this ideology that these people are supposed to just do whatever it is that they're told to do. The same people who are complaining about MJF are the same people that were actually pissed off with WWE because Brody Lee wanted his release and they wouldn't give it to him. And they got mad at WWE. Why? Why aren't you consistent? Why aren't you looking at Brody Lee as an unprofessional piece of shit who went home when he didn't have to? Mm-hmm. What, what, where is the consistency in that? MJF said it in his promo. For those of you cheering me right now, where the fuck was that at this past weekend when you were calling me an unprofessional piece of shit? Mm. Exactly. That's the best part of MJF's promo. It was like, for all of you cheering me right now, you guys are just pieces of shit. Where was this at? <laughs> when I was an unprofessional, whatever, whatever. And then he conti- he he didn't just call him out on this weekend. He doubled down. He goes, you are the same people that call- that said for years, oh, MJF's not that good in the ring. Your opinions are garbage. He told him, he's like, your opinions are garbage. They change on a dime. You people don't know what the fuck you want. That's why nobody fucking listens to you. And it sucks that a bunch, like like wrestling fans are being lumped into one thing. You know why wrestling fans are being lumped into one thing? Because for years, wrestling fans were one thing. I've noticed this. Over time, wrestling fans have devised up into different groups. There's different types of wrestling fans now. You know, there's the, there's the set of fans who like, you know, the pure style of what wrestling used to be, and then there's those who love the flippy shit and then there's those who don't mind the wrestling at all they just want to see the storylines and see what the hell happens with that then there's an actual group now who just dig the chicks they're not really into guy wrestling it's a whole fucking thing now i think that always existed in a sense in a minority sense it seems like there's a clear divisible lines now because even if you were just into the chicks you still watched wrestling as a whole even if you did like flippy shit you still liked wrestling even if you were a Bret Hart style kind of guy you still kind of got off on the TLC matches it blended it doesn't blend so much now it cuts up into pieces and god forbid you're in another camp 
You know, if you're a flippy guy and you start hearing bullshit about, you know, well, the Young Bucks wouldn't do shit against the Hart Foundation or whatever, and here come the flippy guys. You piece of shit. This business has evolved. Die, you dinosaurs. And it's like, whoa, what happened? I thought we were same team. No? We like different shit now? All right. These are the same people who bitched about the fact that people made a big deal out of Kofi Kingston being the first African-American champion. No, The Rock was the first African-American champion. Wrong. No, we're not wrong. Rock was the first African-American Wrong. Champion. But <laughs> wrong. We, where they're wrong at is the reason why Kofi Kingston was acknowledged as the quintessential black, first black champion is because he, 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 unlike The Rock, has pretty much identified from the beginning that he is a black man. The Rock never, ever mentions being a black man. That man is Samoan through and through to the fucking hilt. Who happens to be a black man. Whereas Kofi is on fucking TV basically telling you I'm blackity, 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 black. Okay? That's why the African-American community and the culture embraced Kofi and not Rock. Because right. Rock ain't banging for him. Now, I, I've, I'm one of those people. I said, yeah, Rock was, an, was the first African-American WWE champion. Because it, technically it's true. Right. But he wasn't up there rocking that flag. My man mm-hmm. was Samoa, the Samoan dynasty, baby. That's why they didn't rock with him. They rocked with Kofi, they rocked with Big E, and they rocked with Lashley. Well, what does it matter what their skin color is? These are the same complaints. My complaints, to wrap it all up, because now I'm going in a different fucking direction, these fans don't know what they want. They're just complaining all the fucking time. And at the end of the day, I'm glad someone like MJF has the courage and the balls to do what he has to do. Now, to take it back to this pay-per-view, more specifically this match between mm-hmm. MJF and Wardlow, there were a lot the of sandbag. People, there were a lot of people that thought this would actually be, if if not the main event, one of the main events, a semi-main event at best. So when this music hit, MJF's music to open the show. And by the way, for those of you wondering, yes, I know that Hookhausen was in the pre-show. I don't give a fuck. I didn't watch it. So we're on Wardlow MGF. When MJF came up, I love the camera angle because if you noticed for his entrance, they didn't even record the stage. They kept putting it on fans because they want, they either wanted to give you the ideal, the idea that he may. We're playing the music, but I'm not entirely sure he's going to come out. We don't know what the fuck's going to happen in this situation. And then he comes out. He's got the game face on, right? He's doing the kiss the ring and all that other stuff. He's got the custom gear, looking dope, looking snazzy. Get to the ring. They gave Wardlow his little Goldberg entrance. He comes out. That match is recorded here for being 7 minutes and 30 seconds. And I got to tell you, it wasn't. This match was about 2 minutes long. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he yeah. took, he took about a bajillion power bombs and like you said, the sandbag quite a very, bit. very, very bad bombs, by the way. Did you see that? I'm surprised he didn't break his elbow. Yeah, he half of those power bombs were elbow first, mm-hmm. like very poorly. It stood out like a sword thumb. Yep. I've been there before with the elbows and the power yeah, I'm bomb. sure. And yeah, yeah, he, he he got people were calling it a squash. I think they did just barely enough to not make it a squash, but it was definitely an emphatic win, and it's definitely something that you would do to somebody where you're not sure if he's coming back. Opening match, ding him up, 
put Wardlow over huge, get the fuck out of Dodge. And from what I understand, he packed his bag and he fucking left. So we'll see how much MJF will be seeing in the next few weeks. Let's see if we can get this done. Uh, as far as an official stance, since I've already complained about the fan reaction, MJF needs to be paid. Whatever it is that he wants to be paid, he's the one guy in that company that you need to pay. Everybody else you want to pay, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, the problem with this, with it's just a power move, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know the guy deserves it, but if you give the one guy what he asks for, unfortunately, we live in the world where people don't identify um What's the way I'm trying to phrase it? Not brackets, uh, uh, levels. There's levels to it, right? You and I both can play basketball, but you're a far superior basketball player, right? But it doesn't matter. You're out there. You're causing a raw. You're you're going in there. Look, I deserve this money. Give me my money. And you're just like, all right, fine. You know what? You're right. Statistics shows you are the greatest in the business right now. You are number one. Your stats are insane. You're consistent. You're always at practice. You don't get into any trouble outside of the court. It doesn't matter. You are one of, if not the best basketball player, and you started on a rookie contract. You're asking for more money. Let's sit down. Let's get you some more money because I want to keep you, right? Mm -hmm. Here's the problem with people in general. They can't identify that as an isolated situation. So now – Everyone and their fucking mom thinks that that's the bag they should be getting or that it doesn't matter if I'm not going to get your 20 mil, but I'm at a, I'm at a hundred K. I want a mil. I think I deserve at least one mil. So now everyone is throwing bitchy his fits trying to get more money because obviously if you come with a point, they'll listen to you. Mm. Can't do that. If it doesn't matter, you have to wait until it's given to you, and you can't bitch and complain about it, especially publicly. You can't do that publicly because now you're throwing a fit. And if we break, it's just gonna cause an avalanche of more people who may not even deserve that to do the same exact thing. Can't do that. Ain't gonna happen. So the guy who's correct, and everyone's like, yo pay this guy or he's going to leave. You have the businessman who understands I can't do that or I create a problem. So now you have to watch your box. Exactly. You got to watch your best guy walk away because business meat sense. I cannot, I cannot give to this because if I do, it's over. I'm just going to get walked and trampled on all over the place. And this is why Vince McMahon is the greatest businessman who ever lived. Because he'll let you Because walk. he will let you walk. I'll never forget the day. He will pay day. MJF and tell everybody else who's got a problem with it, suck a dick. I will never forget the day where this one guy I worked with a long time ago at Lowe's got a, got a new job. And I think they were paying him a lot more money, a, a decent amount more money than he was making at this place. He walked into the office and goes, hey, I got this offer. I know that I know people tell you you should never do this, but just think about this. He walked in there and go, look, I got this offer. I got this much. 
I'm going to put my two weeks in. I'm willing to stay if you just give me a 50 cent raise because then it keeps me where I want to be and I like it here. I see potential of growing here. I want to stay here, but it doesn't make sense for me to stay here because I'm below this level and this job is giving me more. Man looked him dead in his face and said, well, can't do that. Sorry. Let a man walk who he needed, by the way, not because he was good, but just because he was low on bodies. Let a man walk for 50 cents. Yep. And and, and it always, and and for not one second did I ever go, that was stupid because I knew the moment he gave that man, and this was a scenario where this was not his best guy. So imagine give not giving your best guy a raise to not leave, and then your better guy's still there, like, yo, hold on, nigga. What wait? No, run me by shit. This guy is butt. I'm out here doing way more work than him. You owe me more money. So you just let him walk. Let him walk for 50 cents. 50 cents. And not just let him walk in general, but at least he, as a person, he knows this guy is leaving to a better scenario. So now that's what not what he. Yeah, but you know business sense. That's not what he's. He he's, wasn't gonna let. He wasn't gonna move him anyway. Right. It wasn't gonna happen whether he was or he wasn't. Okay. It is same situation. Actually, the, 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 I got a I got a wrestling one that ties into that. The exact same scenario that you just said, and it's mm-hmm. a wrestling one, where the Dudley Boys were in ECW. They got offered a deal by WWE, and they were the current ECW Tag Team Champions, top of the card. Mm-hmm. This was late in the run, 99. Yeah, about 99. So, like, the hottest heels in the fucking company. And Bubba told the story where he goes, we got this big offer from WWE. It's way more money than we're making at ECW, but we wanted to stay in ECW. So we went over to Paul and said, hey, we got this big offer coming from WWE. It's this amount of money. Well, we'll stay here. And you don't even have to match this contract. You give me and Devon $1 more, and we'll stay. And Paul looked at him and just, I can't do that. Can't do that. So he left. And that's when they went to the WWE. And that's, the, and that's the point. Tony Khan wants to be friends with everybody. And that's the problem. Because he's probably thinking the same thing you're thinking. If I give MJF this money, and then, I don't know, two months later, Jungle Boy has a problem with his contract, what am I going to tell Jungle Boy? What am I going to do? Do I have to pay him now? Whereas Vince McMahon would see a top guy that I could make money with and go, here's all the money you could possibly want. And then here comes the Roman Reigns comes up to Vince McMahon. I don't like my contract. All right, well here you go. Here's a couple more. Here's a couple more mil, and here's some vacation time for you. Go ahead. And then here comes Chad Gable. Hey, I'm not happy with my contract. If you don't get the fuck away from me, exactly. That's 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 why he's gonna go down as one of the best because he doesn't deliberate any of that fucking stupid ass equal level bullshit. Do you make me money? No. Then get on your fucking knees and kiss my shoes and be happy mm-hmm. that you still have a fucking job. That's why you hear this mentality that I'm saying with either the employer. I can understand that mentality. That's why on the flip side of it, when you're an individual who has ability and skills and value, that's what it means to know your value. Because a piece of shit employer who treats everybody like garbage, will blow you 
when you can make him some fucking money. Okay? And that's, again, not just a wrestling thing. That's an all-over-the-place thing. The employer, every employer has a favorite employee. Every single fucking one. The guy who runs Dunkin' Donuts at your local whatever has a favorite fucking employee. Every employer has a guy or a gal that's always on time, that's always dependable, that always knows what they have to do, got the best numbers at the store. Everybody has that one fucking employee they love to fucking death. Everybody. And that's why that fucking guy or that girl gets away with fucking everything. There's always these employees, well, this guy doesn't do shit. He always gets away with everything. Right. Because they fucking like him. They don't fucking like you, so they're not going to fucking do shit for you. MJF and Tony had a good relationship. Now it's that personal bullshit is now being put aside. It's all becoming about business. And I'm telling you, Tony has to pay this guy. Because even if even if MJF leaves, goes to WWE, makes a shit ton of money, and does nothing over there, doesn't matter. Because MJF's goal has been very clear. He's very vocal about it. I'm here to make money. That's it. I'm not here to be friends with fucking nobody. I want to make money. So that's the well, idea. the only way that I uh, think that he he just you know without letting it bother him too much about uh, letting him walk would be if he doesn't think he'd be successful over there. I think he would fit right in over there. Oh, I, I think I MJF is built for that. I think if I'm I Vince think- McMahon, I'm waiting for this shit and I'm giving him his contract. And I'm putting him in a position to feud with with the right people, and I'm putting that guy up because if he, if he goes to the WWE and they, I know this is a, a a big question mark, but if they do the right thing with MJF, mm-hmm. dude, they got another star, a star that's going to be around for the next ten years. Yeah, he's committed. He's Bar- here. To barring stay. injury, he his own. Barring anything career wise, injury wise, that would hurt him, he's going to be around for a long time. And I can make the argument, and I know people are not going to want to hear this, and but you just said it yourself, and I agree. I don't think he'd be good in AEW. I think he'd be, I mean, I don't think he'd be good in WWE. I think he'd be great in WWE. Great. Absolutely. Great. Because his promo style, the way that he cuts his promos right now, that's all him. He's coming up with those ideas. He's coming up with, you know, how he's delivering them and all that stuff. And... They're in the WWE. They're going to ask him questions when he does his promos, and it's going to help him in a big way. The experience that he would get from working at a WWE fucking company is—I can't even begin to. He's gonna—he's going to excel. He's going to get better there. I don't necessarily know if he's going to get better in AEW. He'll be good because he's good naturally. I don't know if he's going to get better there. And that could end up being- uh, they would need uh the problem is is that they would just need more talent. They what is he he just did how long was his feud with Jericho? I mean, who else but on see, that? See, that's roster the problem too. Jericho Jericho to me on paper would have been the per, the f- best person for him to learn from. The problem is is you have to pick and choose the habits you're learning from Jericho. And and I think that's a, that's a big issue because the whole he feuded with Jericho for almost a full year. And to be honest with you, I don't feel like MJF really came out of that feud that much different. He feuded with Punk for four fucking months, and he came out of that a completely different guy. 
and that's that's a testament to everybody involved. With the right people, MJF is going to learn a lot of good shit, and he's going to get so fucking good. But there's not that many. I mean, Danielson, perhaps. Perhaps Danielson could do something with that. If he got in a program with Joe, because they've got Joe now, that would work out well for him. But for the people that are just going to do goofy shit, I don't even think he really came out of the feud with Moxley very good. What did they do together? They had some pretty funny promos going back and forth. But that wasn't a that was a clash of styles, those two. There's not many guys in AEW that he can learn from. And from the veterans that are in the back, he's been around those veterans for several years now. What new can he possibly get from them? Right. So who knows? So we'll divulge. That's pretty much it for the MJS stuff. Wardlow wins this match, pinfall by a lot. Then they did the whole uh, uh, Wardlow is now all elite. Can you stop? Yeah, what is that all about? That's because so the whole because at what the, point was he fucking not? Because the whole the, the storyline is is that MJF had him under a personal services contract that he was never really a part of the AW because he worked specifically for MJF. MJF had a personal service contract with him, which doesn't follow any line of logic because there are matches that Wardlow had with AEW competitors. Multiple fucking times. That has nothing to do that with... That has nothing to do with MJF. It's yeah. just the weirdest fucking stupid... I don't know. It, it's just, it didn't make any sense. And they drew it out. And it was like, oh, he got all emotional. Thank you. Like, he just fucking got there. And you've been there, I think, since day fucking one. Yeah, that's what I was going to so say. It's like, I, I, I don't know. It didn't make any sense. But it was what it was. They tried to throw some emotion in there. I'll give him, I'll give him credit for trying... To make it more relatable, I guess. I don't fucking know. Didn't make any fucking sense. And I was just like, all right, fine. Uh, the Hardys and the Young Bucks. Oh, fucking gross. Oh, my God. I. Who wants to see this today? The Young I'm Bucks. Curious. The Young Bucks wanted to do this. No, no, no. Uh, I want to do. Who wants to see it, this? You know, it's so Who funny. Who is this for? I think there were. I think. I think there were a lot of people that did want to see it, but I think there were a lot of people that wanted to see it because they didn't really know what the Hardys currently are. And oh. and here's the thing. I was very critical of AEW when they hired Jeff and they reunited the Hardys and then they immediately put him in like TLC matches, table matches. I was like, why? Why would you do this to these poor guys? There's so much... Older than it wasn't a good idea to do for them when they were in their twenties. They're in their forties now. Matt can't get off the mat without angling himself a certain way <laughs> so that he can lift. Like, like he gets off the mat with his legs using his arms. It's the weirdest fucking thing ever. And Jeff, every every time Jeff moves, it looks like it hurts him. When he does his dance, his intro, it looks like it hurts. Like he has to breathe in real good to, to fucking get into it. I know they're not that old, but they literally just look like they're elderly. They're that's 40 the way something? they move. Yeah, they're forty something, but twenty years of high spots. Just Dude, actually not even I, twenty. I 30, don't know who 30, this this match was for. Thirty years of high spots. Their ha- their age is early forties, but their bodies have to be somewhere in the high seventies to early eighties. 
That's what it feels like. And everything. I was I was saying before I was very critical of when they brought them in and had them do all these TLCs and tables. Now I understand why they did it. Why? Because makes sense. Make it make sense. The way me. that they move, it looks like they're injured, and it's really easy. To, it's really easy to hide someone who looks like they're injured when they're doing something that indicates that they should be. You understand what I'm saying? When they when they hobble, because they hobble a lot, because you know age, they hobble a lot. So if you hop, if you're having a regular match, and nothing's really happened to your legs at all, but you're limping for like no reason at all whatsoever, it looks funny and it exposes you. But if you're already in a TLC match, and you took a bump, and now you're limping. It doesn't look as off because you're in a fucking TLC match. You should be limping. Get what I'm saying? I mean, I get it. I'm with so, you. Yeah. So they were able to, I think, they did a really good job looking back on it now and hiding their weakness because they're in TLC matches. People know that they're famous for that. And they're taking these big bumps and they're selling it, or so we think. And it looks normal to them because this is how you're supposed to sell this shit. They were in a regular ass tag team match against the Young Bucks, and it looked painful. I think that's the best way I could describe it. It was. I'm not gonna say it was sad because sad's disrespectful, but it didn't it's look very. Sad. It didn't look very. I'll say it. This shit was stupid, dude. I don't know who the. Again, I'm just gonna keep asking, who the fuck is this for? Who is hyped for this? Like, and the thing I think that pissed me off the most. See. I said this before about AEW that the one of the things that I love the most about it is how much the fans love the the rest. Like they could tell that they're having a good time. The fans are the best part because they're usually just so excited. They bring a lot of energy to the to the environment and it makes it fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Now I feel like they're just being fucking paid at this point. Who was that match? They're like so excited. They're getting so hyped to see. Like I get it. The Hardy Boys, like, sure, but come on. Like this to, shit was not entertaining at all. To be fair, it was slow. It was dragging ass. I, I just don't get it. It was this. It was almost twenty minutes. And I, to be fair, this uh, th- this match happened during the time period where the audience still had energy. This was one of the earlier matches, and like you said, they're pumped for the pay per view. So they're, if that match happens, match ten instead of two, I don't know. We might have a different fucking reaction to things. In their defense, the I mean, sure. But yeah, I mean, the Hardy Boys go over on the Young Bucks, which is another, which <laughs> the the Young Bucks have been doing jobs left and right. All of a sudden, they they demolished the whole FTR thing when they first came in, but they got the win. They gave the win back. They get into the ring with the Hardys, which is a long-term feud they've had since Ring of Honor. They give the win to the Hardys. The Young Bucks, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, just dropping matches left and right. But it's so funny because the hottest team in AEW is FTR. And they're not on this card. They just had what many are considering the match of the year in Ring of Honor with the Briscoes. We, we, that match was so great, we did a live thing on it here on the program and they're not on the card but the young bucks 
who haven't mm. beaten in a drum in weeks, they get the match with the Hardys. So there you go. I may ask you this. If the Hardys are in there with FTR and not the Bucks, does that match look any different? Well, yes, because I like FTR. All right, you like FTR, but would they be able yes. to carry the Hardys a little different? I think so. Did? I think so. I think so. I, I don't <clears> – the Hardys is, is one part of it. But at the end of the day, I mean, you can make it work. The Young Bucks are just terrible. They're just terrible. This like <laughs> this match, this match when it started, I'm like, yo, what year is this? Like again, I just kept asking myself, like, who is this? A, uh, is this supposed to be like a um, nostalgic thing? Is this a nostalgic thing? But with FTR, I actually, I actually really like them. I've liked them for a little while. They've, they've actually probably been one of my, my favorite uh, <clears throat> tag teams. So it would have been interesting to see how they would have controlled that match. But the, the, the showboaty stuff, the, the, uh, I just it made for a very bad match. There's nothing you can say about it besides it was just fucking bad. Oh, well, yeah. our next matchup for the AEW TBS Championship, Jade Cargill, the champion, oh. defending against Anna Jay, quite possibly the most beautiful woman I've seen in wrestling in so fucking long. Anna Jay. A round of applause. I mean, she's all right. For the roundness of Anna Jay. <laughs> yeah. For the uh, roundness. For the roundness. Boy, that baby got back. Um, Indubitably. And, and expeditiously, as my man T.I. would say. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so they had the TBS championship match here. Once again, Jade Cargill, full service, uh, the big entrance, the 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 pizzazz. She's got the charisma. She's got the look. She looks like a menace. She looks like she could fuck you up, but this woman cannot wrestle her way out of a goddamn sweater. She couldn't figure out a fucking puzzle with a YouTube tutorial. She has no clue <laughs> what she's doing in this fucking ring at all whatsoever. It drives me fucking insane. But I, I understand AEW's got to do something with her. Look at her. She can't be a preliminary. And she's in there from what I understand. She's been training a lot with Danielson. I said this last time. I know. But you know what? I, 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 as, a, as a former promoter myself, you look at Jade Cargill, I get it. I get it. I do. I see it. But... I also see the shit she's... I can see her for what she's capable of doing, but it's hard to see... It's hard to keep an eye on that when you look at what she's currently doing. And I was so... I was looking at this match like on the card, and I was like, who's leading who in this? Because Anna also has very little experience and is also very young. So I'm like, so who's, who's calling this match? And then I started watching the match, and I went to myself, and I said, oh, oh no, no one. one's calling this fucking match. <laughs> exactly. Because they must, they, you could tell by the way the match was constructed that they've been wrestling each other in some garage somewhere going over this match for fucking weeks. You and can- this is the problem with titles that don't mean anything, because there's if this title had any value at all, the showing of this is just disgusting. Yeah, they... They they had rehearsed this match over and over and over and over again, and they still got lost, and they still got put in positions that were weird, 
and obviously not good. And they, they were trying to make the best of the situation. But they're tr- this is the same thing. I think the last pay-per-view was Anna's partner when um, it was Jade Cargill, I think, and Taya Conti. And Taya did a, did a little better than Anna did. And I'm not saying that Anna's bad because she'll be good. Same thing with Jade. There's so many talents right now where it's like she's going to be good. You know, she's going to be great what she does. She's not there yet, but she she will be. And I think that's the situation we have here with this. She, she Jade has a look. She's got a presence. She can't wrestle. Is it enough, though? No. Is the look not enough? Long, not long term. I don't see her getting better. Not long term. She's been active for a while, even to the point where they put a belt on her. Not long enough. Yeah, the belt was a mistake. Okay. The belt was a mistake. And I'll get to that in a second because the person she beat for that belt comes up later on, and I got to shed some tears for her as well. But, yeah, the the belt was a belt. I'm I'm sorry. You can be as kind as you want, but I'm not going to be as nice. They put a belt on her. I don't give a fuck. I don't care. I, I do not care what any other asterisks you want to put on that. They put a belt on him. I'm past that. At this point, you're telling me as a promoter that you have faith in this person. Yeah. I, I, I do. So, so no, I, I don't care if she not have been that. It doesn't matter. Don't give her the fucking belt. This is disgusting. It's so this This is a terrible showing. Of someone with a title who's representing your company. I, and this match I was this fucking is, terrible. I think this is her... Okay, so the first time she was on, I think, is when she won the title, right? It was the final to that tournament. Then she had a title defense against Taya Conti, and now she's got this title defense here against Anna Jay. I don't see progression. No. I think it's weird to, to say that out loud, but I... I don't see where's the part where you go. Okay, I, she's learning. She's and don't better. tell me that that swinging body slam shit is her finisher, because that has to be one of not only the worst looking moves, but the 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 for someone to have so much strength but no finesse, yes. it was one of the most poorly executed moves. She's very blocky that I've seen say. from a champion. Yeah. That's that not even shit. her move. Wasn't that the tour of the islands? I think that's tour of the islands from Jeff Cobb. It looked so fucking bad. This match was. No one knew what was going on. They kind of just this match. This match screams. Fuck it. We'll figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They. You could tell that these ladies spent a lot of time rehearsing the match and just either never got it, or they just they just seemed out of the whole thing seemed out of place. And it was just, terrible. I, I don't know. I don't. There's, know. N- there's no other. There's no other way to put it, man. It was fucking bad. <laughs> it was so bad. And then they, then they try to bring out somebody like to get some fucking hype debut, and I'm like, all right, cool. I, I what was her name again? I'm trying to blank. I see her face, but I forget her name. For which one? Who, who? The girl who came out at the end. Oh right. So let's mention that. So in She's WWE, from yeah. shit. so from, from NXT, uh, well, people say from NXT, she was in the main roster and she failed. Um, uh, Ember Moon. Ember Moon. Ember I Moon keep was her, name. her WWE name or whatever. And not just her, but it was so hilarious because they brought in 
In in NXT, his name was Malcolm Bivens, and in in AEW, they announced him as Hathaway Stokely, uh, the the manager, the black guy who's going to be managing Jade moving forward. And people were like, "What a horrible name, Hathaway Stokely." Uh, you guys make fun of NXT names. How come you don't make fun of this? That's his fucking name. Uh-huh. That was his name in the indies before he got signed to WWE. He just went back to the old name. So if you're not familiar with his work before he became Malcolm Bivens, then yeah, it's a little jarring and confusing, but I'm used to the name by now. Now, they debuted him in the worst possible fucking way. I completely missed it. I didn't see the part where they introduced him. I, I turned my head for a fucking second. And I come, I went to the kitchen for something, and all of a sudden, he's just in the ring. And I was like, what the fuck is he doing there? And then the whole Amber Moon thing, she comes out. What is it? The Fallen Goddess uh, Athena, which was her independent name before she got signed to WWE. She was Athena when she was a big standout, up-and-coming women's wrestler up in the Texas area. Uh, She was a big deal down there. And uh, she's going back to that name, I guess. And she was just all smiles. And she was this and she was that. And I'm starting to notice everyone so happy when they come in from WWE to AEW. They're just so happy. You know? There's so much less pressure here. Yeah. All right. They let you do what you want to do. Just, just, I wish people were more honest about that. I'm not going to have someone yelling at me telling me what to do. Because it's, it's not run the same way over here. They're looking for the same results. It's just not going to motivate you to get them. So we'll see what happens. Because for some talents, that motivator is a great fucking thing. What happened to Andrade in AEW? Who knows? Who knows? So she's there. We'll see what she's willing to do. If I were her, I wouldn't be that excited. And I'll get to that also a little later on. That's two teases for the same fucking match. Because I'm going to go off. <laughs> in a few matches, but we'll get there. Six-man tag team action next. The House of Black, Malachi Black, Buddy Matthews, and Brody King against Death Triangle, Pac, uh, Penta Oscuro, and Ray Phoenix with Alex Abrahentes at uh, ringside with them. <coughs> Didn't care. I was so disappointed with this. Didn't care. I thought we were finally going to get saved here. Oh. I thought this is where we at least got a little bit of, like, and it was just, He's again. Like, here comes the great match. This is going to happen finally. Final. Well, not even great. Dude, at this point, man, oh, dude, is the expectation really even that high at this point? <laughs> just I'm give us something. <laughs> just give me something, something. And I'm like, you know what? Pocket deliver. Like, someone here, someone here is going to deliver. It, it's just, it's a definite. And then. <sighs> And what it's happened? Just, it was all right. Like it wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't the worst thing in the world, but it was. There was, dude. They were all over the fucking place. And I and I know you're like, yeah. What did you expect? But seriously, dude. Like they were all over the place. I think at one point they did a spot where um, they were holding. I don't even fucking remember who was doing it, but they were holding someone on the outside. He jumped off the top to do like a stomp on his back and just completely whiffed. The guy, he literally just leapfrogged them, and then they are getting up, acting like they did some shit. I'm like, yo, you guys are all over the place. There's no cohesion here at all. At one point, Pac was in the ring by himself for a little bit, 
and the match started to get a little bit better, and then everyone else started filtering in again. Dude, what happened? A lot of a lot of people that I talk to about this pay per view, because even during the course of the pay per view, I'm having wild conversations with people, and some I'm not gonna say his name because I don't think he wants me to put that out there, but he summed it up the best. Same shit, different day. All six of these guys, when you take all six of them, if you take them and put them in individual matches with wrestlers, they're really, really good. And they're going to give you really, really good shit. But when you put these fucking people together, Mm. you're going to get the same rinse and repeat bullshit you always get. Because for whatever reason, seems to be the only thing that they want to do is the same repetitive, spotted up bullshit that they do every fucking time. And eventually, people are going to look at it and they're going to go, you know what? I'm all set. They're going to get bored of it. It is what it is. It's the same uh, Canadian destroyer to the outside, uh, backflip, counter roll, this acrobatic circus. You know what? I strongly believe that that's the problem with wrestling right now. It's just like, what more can you fucking do? Right? Like, what more can you do? And this type of wrestling that's not not heavily story-driven, what are you doing besides doing something cool in the ring? And everybody's seen it. Everybody's seen it. A lot of the stuff is it's very hard to find something new. I think that's what the big issue is, especially if your company is not story-driven. That's why I think stories are important, because that's the flavor. That's the new stuff. That's where... It drags you in, and that way, when you go in the ring and see the new stuff, it's like, oh, I mean, the same old shit. It's fine because it's two people coming to a head at some point, or something going on here that you know it's been building. Whereas, if you're just doing random matches, you're just gonna do the same shit you saw at the indie show. Like, there's really just no fucking difference. <sighs> We've lost. And how do I say this without coming off like an old fogey? We lost the importance of what we do. It's not how you do the move. It's the person doing the move. I need to invest in you. Pac's not doing anything different than he did. I'm referring to physically. Mm -hmm. Pac's not doing anything physically different than he did when he was Adrian Neville. But I cared way more about Adrian Neville than I've ever cared about Pac. And as soon as... Pac got out of the WWE system and he was able to revert back to being Pac. He did away with all that stuff. When he was the bastard, when he was the evil whatever the fuck, he was fantastic. He's Mm -hmm. cutting promos left and right. He's doing this, he's doing that. He was amazing. As soon as he was allowed to just go back and be Pac the flippy guy, I don't care anymore. When Pac came to AEW, he was he was considered one of the top signings, and it was almost a matter of time before he would become AEW champion. That's how high up. We'll was. get to that because I I still believe that to be true. I or it should be. I think he can still do it too, but not in his current incarnation. Not with Death Triangle. Not with the Lucha Bros, who are an attraction at best. I know that people love them, and you should love them. They're a great team. 
They're they're I put the Lucha Bros and the Young Bucks in the same category. Attractions at best. Not top tag teams. And if you want an example of what a, the difference is and what a top tag team looks like, stand up the Lucha Bros and the Young Bucks against FTR. And you'll see the difference. I don't mean have them wrestle each other. I mean, watch the Young Bucks have a match with somebody, watch FTR have a match with somebody, and look at the difference. If you can't tell the difference, then you don't know what you're looking at, thus your opinions mean nothing. (laughs) Because you can't tell the difference. When when we were tape trading back in the day and we were breaking things down, the criticisms that fans used to have used to be somewhat consistent. A lot of people today are complaining about shit. They don't know how it works. There's a difference between the two styles. And in this situation here, for whatever it is, when the house the House of Black have wrestlers on it, Buddy Matthews is a wrestler. He can get on the mat and fucking wow you. He's amazing, right? Uh, uh, Malachi Black, when he was in NXT, we saw him at his best. He is amazing when he's at his when he when you allow him the platform to just be the wrestler. He's fantastic. His style is great. He gets. Over with people. It's pretty good stuff. Brody King is kind of a brawler, a big guy, but he can wrestle. This guy was signed in the Ring of Honor. He knows what he's doing inside of a professional wrestling ring. Pac, we already talked about Pac. Penta and Ray are what they are. High risk, no return. There's things that you can do with these six guys, but I don't think anyone's sitting down with them. Let me not say that, because I know for a fact, actually... There are agents and shit at AEW, and no one fucking listens to them. So let me not go that far. Because I've heard the fucking stories about that. And this is coming from people who are in the fucking company, not dirt sheet shit. Where there's older, more experienced veterans sitting in the locker room trying to go over these matches with people, and they're just getting blown off. Mm. So I know it's happening for a goddamn fact. So let me not go that far and say I don't think people are sitting down with them. But I would think with the experience of the people in this match, they would at least take the time to listen to some of the shit they've had to say. It was clear they ignored it. And they just went out there and did the same bullshit they always do. I watched it. I didn't really care. They get creative. I give it to them. And the first time you see that creativity, it's amazing. Until you've seen it for the 1500th time. I don't care about what they're doing. I want to care about them. But since AEW spends approximately zero time building characters and telling backstories and how we got here and why we're here and why they hate each other and why we should see this match. Why is never answered. AEW will give you a ton of what? A ton of where? A ton of when? They'll even give you a few hows, but they'll never give you a why. And that's why nobody gives a fuck about any of these matches that are taking place. And speaking of... I'm going to condense these two for two reasons. For timing reasons and for more complaints. <laughs> the Owen Hart Foundation Tournament Finals. What the, and the I, I was blown away. I was waiting for you today specifically to answer to me how the fuck this is possible. How what is possible? That this tournament exists? Yes. Okay. Possible How is in not the, in Vince the, on their ass? Oh, okay. All right. Okay. So here's, okay. So here's the deal with this. And you know what? I'm glad you asked because you might not be the only one that doesn't. Bro, do it was me, my buddy that I always watched wrestling with, and then the other, my other buddy that 
if he's there when we're watching, he'll tune in and watch right. with us. But he's not really a wrestling guy. Okay. So he, he just watches it. But he knows a little bit, right? Like, he knows Owen Hart. So when he saw this, he was like, wait. Even he said the less wrestling guy was like, how are they not getting sued right now? Okay. So let's <laughs> – so because there's probably a few people out there. Probably more than a few. By a lot. Probably confused as to how this is happening. Okay. So – I'm glad I didn't talk about this earlier then because it's going to seem right into my anger. So Owen Hart, obviously, is one of the more famous WWE superstars of all time. But uh, the WWE is not the only place that this man has wrestled. Understandably. Owen Hart is his actual birth-given name. The Hart Foundation situation is exactly the reason why today we have the whole I want to own your name bullshit. Because whenever Vince lost WWE guys to WCW, they all went with their names. And he didn't like that because he's the one who built them. He didn't want everybody else to capitalize on da-da-da-da-da. So, the reason why they're able to use the name and use the likeness is because the Hearts owned the name and the likeness. Not WWE. The Hart family Hmm. owns it. Martha owns everything revolving around her husband. Except... For WWE footage. Now, the okay. WWE doesn't just own their own footage. They own uh, Canadian Stampede footage as well. Because that was sold to them years ago. They own that too. So they can't use Owen footage from Canadian Stampede either. So the only other option, and I'm surprised they really didn't utilize this more, is that Owen Hart used to also wrestle for New Japan. And since they have a working relationship with New Japan, I'm surprised they didn't use a lot of that footage. But they didn't. But they can use pictures, and they can use his name, and his actual name is the name of the foundation in question, which is the Owen Hart yeah. Foundation. Right. So they that's probably why also another way to get it. Because he's one of the few in the beginning that still own his name. They so all did from that it. era. They all did. Um, the only ones that didn't were the ones who didn't get their gimmicks until they came to WWE. For instance, Stone Cold Steve Austin. He was Steve Austin before he went to WWE, but he wasn't Stone Cold. He was stunning. So what Steve did, because he's a fucking genius, is he didn't just call himself Steve Austin. He legally changed his name. Steve's real name, or was his real name, was Steve Williams. But... They already had a Steve Williams in wrestling, Dr. Death. So he's from Texas. And one of Dusty's favorite places in Texas was Austin, Austin, Texas. So I think it became Steve Austin. And when Stone Cold took off and became a big thing, Steve was a brilliant individual. He said, I'm not going to leave anything to chance. So he changed his name legally to uh, Steve Austin. So his name in real life is Steve Austin, for real. His wife's name is Mrs. Austin. Uh And when he started doing movies and stuff, he signed a deal with Vince to where it would be based on percentage between the two of them. That Stone Cold, I mean, that Steve would also have some sort of um, rights to his Stone Cold moniker. That's why his podcast, Stone Cold Podcast. He's able to use Stone Cold outside of that realm. But again, that's because him and Vince have a relationship, and Vince said, "Fuck it, yeah, you know, it's, I'll let him do it because it's Steve, and he made me a, a shit ton of money." Right, right. 
Same thing with The Rock. The Rock didn't own The Rock. He only, you know, his real name was Dwayne Johnson. He didn't own Rocky Maivia. So as a true smart businessman, he got away from the Maivia one, just stuck with The Rock, and worked out a deal with him to where Vince and Rock would have some sort of percentage deal on the name The Rock. And in the beginning, when The Rock's career was taking off, they used The Rock a lot. But if you notice, Dwayne, being the brilliant guy that he is, eventually he made a name for himself enough to where he could stop using Rock. He didn't use Rock anymore, and it just became Dwayne Johnson. Right. And now <laughs> that cuts Vince out. Because Vince was only getting paid so long as the promotional material read Rock. But it didn't anymore. So it is what it is. They still they still have a working relationship, as you can tell, because they sold the XFL to him, but he's smart. It was after these guys where Vince said, I don't ever want to be in this position again, and the most famous of the first group of people that he started fucking over on the names was the Dudley Boys. When the Dudley Boys left WWE, by the way, in uh, in a negative fashion, they, they, they did not end really on great terms, but they ended, and when they went to TNA, they were told, well, you're not going as the Dudley Boys, because we own that. Right. And that's when they came out as Team 3D. And they right. became uh, Bully, or not Bully, but was it Bubba, was it Bully Ray? But I can't remember what his TNA fucking name was, but I know the other one was still Devon, because that was his real name. And that's how that worked. So as far as Owen Hart goes... So, okay. The well, that Hart, makes sense now. The Hart, the Hart that family, shit yeah, was baffling. The, the Hart family does own their own names. It's their own legal names. They're allowed to do that. Um, they just couldn't use a lot of the, the old footage because that doesn't belong to them. But they're able to put his name on shit. That's not the part that pisses me off about this. Because they were very clear for years. Everybody's like, put Owen in the Hall of Fame. Put him in the Hall of Fame. And that, we always heard that Martha and, you know, the family didn't want to put him in the Hall of Fame because who would want the company that killed their fucking father and husband to profit off of his death? Sounds crazy, right? So they, yeah, and that's what would. the Hall of Fame is, folks, is just a cash grab. Um, you can talk to the people who are in the Hall of Fame and they'll tell you how much of a fucking honor it is and blah, 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 blah. It's a cash grab. And that's, and they know it and the Hart family knows it. <laughs> and they're not going to fucking, they're not playing that stupid game. They're like, well, it's to pay tribute to, no, it's not. You're going to sell tickets to it. We're not going to get a cut of that. So it's not a tribute to shit. So no. Right. So they're not going to fall for that BS and nonsense. Anyway, the whole point of the Dark Side of the Ring about Owen was to tell the whole story of what was going on. We got some insight that we never knew from uh, before from Martha and they, she still has the latch that broke. We went through all this when we talked about Dark Side of the Ring. Anyway, uh, where does that lead to the tournament? So Martha said on Dark Side of the Ring, we have no problem with the wrestling business. Owen loved the wrestling business. We don't want WWE to profit off of that legacy. Right. And for years, that's just where it laid. And all of a sudden, a millionaire comes around. And he's got a bright idea. How about you pay tribute to Owen Hart here on my program so I can profit off of it and and you don't have to worry about Vince getting his grubby little hands on it. So that's what happened with that. That's when the tournament began. And they well, came up with a tournament idea for males and <clears throat> females to compete. And that's exactly what they did here. 
and boy, oh boy, the we get, mm. we get to the finals, and before we even get into the finals, the question has been asked, and I'd have personally, I have no idea how to answer it, but people have asked AJ, how in the world was this tournament a tribute? To a, a performer like Owen Hart, and I gotta I, I gotta answer it truthfully. I have no fucking clue. I have no idea how any of this was a tribute to Owen in any fucking way. This was a tournament of a bunch of shit happening, and that's it. They they did a bunch of things. I'm not even gonna sit here and talk about the ladder match. I'm just talking about in general. There wasn't a whole lot of emphasis. Again, I just said it a second ago. There's no why. There's right. no why to anything. They made a tournament, and that was it. That was as deep as the conversation and the thought process went. They just, we got a tournament. That's it. Right. There's no rhyme or reason why this shit exists. I mean, like, I, it's no different than any other tribute, yeah? Like, Andre the Giant. Well, here's the thing. It's just a match. Andre it's the Giant, this. like, as an example, since you brought it up. Andre the Giant, the Andre the Giant, the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. Initially, the way that it was built, right, was a thing for, it was supposed to be a launching pad for a future star. And the first year, before the one that Cesaro won, the first year, they did a million packages. Here's Andre. Here's how great he was. Here how he uh, was such an integral figure in that era for wrestling. He was undefeated for years. He did this. He did that. And now we pay homage to him in this battle royal. Which Why is it a battle royal? Because Andre was the king of the battle royals. He was an attraction. He would he would wrestle multiple people at once, and the ideal being that he's such a, a large figure that no one can take him off of his feet, and no one can do That's why they did battle royals with him all the time. He wrestled midgets a lot, too, but that's not going huh? to be marketable today. Uh, I mean, but they, So they stuck with the battle royal. But there was a reason for the battle royal. There was a reason that he was the name that was going to be on this trophy. He was the eighth wonder of the world. He... Not only was an amazing talent in his own right, but was able to get over new talent as he was on his way out, putting over guys like Hogan and Macho and all these different guys. And give, he did something for the industry, and we're going to pay him back by putting as as many new talents as we could into the ring and have them compete for an opportunity to win the trophy. And that trophy is going to be a launching pad into bigger and better things. Okay. That's not what they did here. <laughs> <laughs> they just set up a tournament. They just and let said, "Here's a tournament where we're gonna pay tribute to Owen Hart," and that's where they fucking left it. That's it. We're gonna have husband and if wife. If you didn't, winning. and if you didn't know who Owen Hart was before that fucking tournament, you don't know any more about him now than you did when it started. Because they didn't fucking say shit about it. They talk. They do that thing where the. So know, why is Vince the bad guy? Because he would have actually played actual homage. Because Vince him. is the one that killed him. Oh, I mean, well, I. Remember what we said here. On I show, guess that when you bad. say it like that, yeah, murder is bad. Yeah, as to yeah, quote yeah. Joe Pombo on the show yes. here, yes, murder yes. is bad. We we've stated. I can't believe you forgot the golden rule. Yes. Murder is bad. <laughs> we can't we can't do that here. Why is Vince the bad guy? Because he killed him. That's why. 
He's the one who who came up with the idea of him going up there and then spared the budget on getting proper trained individuals to put him through this. That's that would be why. So we'll got see. Me there can't argue that. So let's get to the actual matches themselves. Fuck the tournament because the tournament meant nothing, did nothing, and helped nobody. So we'll go right to the final, which is what aired on this pay per view, the men's final. Adam Cole versus Samoa Joe. Britt Baker versus Ruby Soho. Those were the two finals for the men and the female brackets. We'll start with the men. Adam Cole and Samoa Joe. So at this stage of the pay-per-view, you were looking for a hero. You could shit in the middle of the ring at this point, and I'm fucking yeah, you at were, least getting my money. You were looking for a hero here. You were <clears> looking for somebody. You're sitting at the edge of the, uh, your seat going, I'm, I almost dare someone to step up here. <laughs> How did this match shape out for you? I think it was a lot worse uh, if the pay-per-view was a lot better. Does that make sense? Yes, because that's where I'm going with this. Okay. So, I would have enjoyed yeah. this it match wasn't a ba- it, it wasn't a bad match. It wasn't oh. a bad match. I don't, I don't think it was terrible. It wasn't boring. But if the pay-per-view itself Leading were up to a this. little bit, just a little bit better, Still, it wouldn't have made this bad, but uh, it's not a standout match. And for some reason, when I think Samoa Joe, I think, like, I don't know, maybe I have a high expectation for Samoa Joe, but as do we all, I I expected a little bit more, as as do we all, (laughs) but but it was high impact, so that was nice. There was definitely more impact, more to Joe match, more fight, you know what I mean, but um. Yeah, it was just a little stale. That's all. I, I now, now I feel like I'm being picky about it, but that's just the way I felt when I watched it. You're picking at nits, <clears throat> I guess. Um, I the way that this card was booked, I think they were anticipating. Because remember, this came on after the six man, and I think they were anticipating that whatever. If Jade and Anna lost them, the audience I'm referring to, oh, we'll get them back with the six man. And then that'll carry Joe and, and Cole, and we'll get the ball rolling here. And it didn't. That six man didn't work out. So mm. now the ball was left solely in Cole and Joe's plate here. And, that, and anything short of a stick of dynamite up Adam Cole's ass was not going to save the momentum they had. I actually got back into it. I'm not back into it because at this point I don't know when I was into it, but th- I did like this match a lot. I like this match a lot, and I feel the same way that you do in the sense of had it not, had this pay-per-view not been run through the goddamn ringer leading up to it, I would have enjoyed it a lot more. Because I think by now, even the audience was sitting here going, oh my god, what? how long is this show? And <sighs> Fucking long. And then Cole and Joe finally uh, gets in the ring, and, and I think people were, like you and like myself, high expectation for a match like this. This is a Ring of Honor dream match. It's the two champions of two different generations going at it here. So I'm hyped. And uh, and the match was good. I liked the match. I would have liked it more had this pay-per-view been a little bit more lively. But uh, it is what it is. And here the match was good, and then Adam Cole's walking up the ramp. And I hear Excalibur go, we'll see Adam later for the ceremony. And my heart sank. I said, don't do it. Don't, don't do that. 
What, you didn't like that? Hold on. I said, at that moment, I said, <clears throat> please don't do that. I was, at this level, I was just concerned. I, at this point, it's just concerned. I said, please, dear God, don't do a ceremony. And then up next, here's Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, against Ruby Soho, and you want it. I'm gonna, and this is the match that I'm talking about. If I'm Athena, I don't know if I'm smiling so fucking hard. Because you know who was smiling when they walked in the door of AEW? Ruby mm. Soho. And it's Ruby Ho Soho had a smile from ear to ear. From, I am now okay. All elite. I'm so I'm so glad you said that because I literally had this dialogue. The intro, I don't, I, I wasn't feeling that band. That band was terrible. But, but anyway, it's just um, choice. It's punk music. So, so, so I'm sitting there watching this. Here, come on, she's hype, doing her thing like she normally does. And I, I asked my buddy, I'm like, hey, you've been watching this a little bit more consistently than myself. What has Ruby done since she got here? He said, and I quote, without skipping a beat, losing. <laughs> losing to um, Britt Baker since she got there. That's all she's been doing. Yeah. So I said, oh, so she came in and she's jobbing to Britt. He's like, oh, yeah, she's jobbed <laughs> to a lot more than Britt. Because so... remember, I, I mentioned this earlier, Jade Cargill, <clears throat> the person she beat in the finals for the TBS tournament was Ruby fucking Soho. Ruby Soho debuts in the AEW. Gets a big win in her debut on TV. Just a big debut match. Mm-hmm. They immediately announce a TBS title tournament. Right? We're going to have a second women's belt. And we're going to mm. put all these women in here. Top tier talent. Not not jabrones. This isn't going to be treated like a mid-card title. We're putting all our stars in here. And yeah, here's, the fresh, here's the fresh off the WWE television chick. And we're giving her vignettes. And we're giving her all this shit. That, and in my personal opinion, deal. got way more of a pop than I thought she should have fucking got. Because that was, she's so popular. I guess. Good, Which good means for her, immediately man. she must lose because these people want to see her win so fucking bad. There's no way we can give these people that because what have we done for the rest of this card? We have to keep the momentum going. We have to job another fucking popular person out. So let's go. Let's do it. Ruby, Ruby Soho in the package. For I started fucking dying laughing. From the fuck in the fucking package to promote this match. They actually threw in that when Britt Baker was the women's champion and Ruby Soho was the um the newcomer coming in and was the big superstar from the other company, that so- Soho came in and Britt just flat out beat her. And they used it in the package. And then they said, in the package, the Britt Baker said, I'm the litmus test for Ruby Soho. She's done nothing here because she can't beat me, and I'm going to beat her again tonight. And if she if she, she beats me, she overcomes the mountain. If she doesn't, I'm the litmus test here. She'll never be able to beat me. So I'm like, oh, this is perfect. Ruby Soho's going to win. Because they're, uh-huh. they're setting there's it up. No, there's no they're setting, way they they're setting up the challenge. Right? There's no way up. they would blatantly mush <laughs> Ruby Soho. And then they gave her live entrance. I was there's just no going to say way. next. I was just going to say next. They did a whole package burying Ruby Soho. 
how yeah. much of a piece of shit she's been since she's Trash. been there. Can't, can't beat anybody. They showed pictures of her losing the Jade. They got pictures of her losing to all these people. She can't get over Britt Baker. Britt Baker is the greatest women's champion of all what, time. What they, what they say in NBA Jam? You can't buy a bucket? Can't buy a bucket. <laughs> right? And and then the fucking intros happen, and here comes the live intro for fucking Ruby Soho. I said, "There's no fucking way she loses. No the way pop she is walk humongous. She's one of the most over talents on the fucking roster. The taster's choice on the music. I'm not a fan of the music either, but it fits the gimmick. I get it, right? It's it, it's everything's pointing Ruby Soho's way. And then we get to the end of the match, and she fucking loses again. And I'm like, that's it. She's done. She's finished. Toss it in the garbage. She left the WWE specifically for shit like this and then got signed to WWE and they just used her in the same fucking fashion that they used her in WWE. And now she's getting paid less to do it. You know what, though? Listen, and this is what makes it even shittier. Tell me if you agree. This one makes it even shittier for Ruby Soho. They're supposed. They're supposed. They're they're supposed to do this. They're supposed to do this. Britt has been there. She's been an (sighs) AEW person the entire time. Many, 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 many times, the 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 guy from the other place comes in and gets pushed straight to the top. And all the people that worked so fucking hard when that company was not that great to where they are right now, they get thrown to the side. And now you're. CM Punk's and your Daniel Bryan's and your all these guys get pushed straight to the top, and then your MJF still with no title on your on your waist, right? Like that's his argument, bro. I've been here, I'm doing it at a high level. And nothing is coming of this. Like this is this has got to change. You got to pay me more. On the flip side, they're doing what I think you should be doing. Bring that person in with uh notoriety person that is that has that thing and maybe not mush him as hard but push your guy who's been there and earned that spot they're doing the complete opposite with her they're doing with all the other guys she's just mushing and running through anybody with with stature and and uh what's her face is going to be next they're just going to run her into the ground too and she's not i don't even think she's nearly as popular as ruby soho she it took, she took two different paths and wound up in the same spot. When she was in WWE, they looked at her and said, "We don't like the look. We don't like what you got going on here. But you're a decent enough wrestler, so <clears throat> you will use you as a mechanic to get over all the talent we do want to get over." All right? She didn't like that. I'm a bigger star than that. I'm gonna leave and I'm gonna show it to you. She goes to the other company that tells her to her face, "We do like your look. We do think you're a star." but you're such a damn good wrestler. We're going to use you to get over the talent we do want to get over. And it's like, <laughs> what the fuck? She wound up in the yeah, same exact spot. competition is Britt Baker. Britt Baker but is here's the another thing. Britt, fucking if level Britt, right now. I, it's Britt Baker and who else? Hey, dude. Because if that's the case, that's where I think they lost us. When you're in WWE, right, there's an upper echelon, there's a middle, there's a bottom. You're not going to break through that. If... You're going to tell me that Britt Baker is better than Ruby Soho. I'll agree with you. Is she more valuable than Ruby Soho? Yes. Will she generate more interest and money for the company? Yes. But who else on that roster is on that level besides Ruby? You're going to say Thunder Rosa is? That's a, that's an argument. 
That's an argument. That's an argument. I can hear that. Serena Deeb, that's an argument. I can hear that. Deeb, I'll, I'll give you Deeb, too. I'll give you Deeb, too. And then who else? And that's my point. You have two women's championships. Ruby Soho and Shade, Jade Cargill. Was Jade was not the button that should have been but pushed. This is, but that's my problem with Jade. Okay, listen. Two belts, That's there's nothing wrong with that. Give it to Ruby or give it to Deeb or give it to the other person, Especially the offset, since Baker and have them... The and have them develop and build the the jades and the stuff like that. That that's what it should have been for. What the fuck are they doing? I I, just, I don't know what they're doing. They didn't dude. know what to do with Jade, and in that process, but it that's not up it. Ruby. Pushing her to the top is not going to make her better. And why do you feel so much pressure to do something with her? I don't know. Because of a look, I don't know. Because I from from experts that I hear. It should have been the opposite. We should have never seen her. Like right now, we should we still shouldn't be seeing her. She should have been in the lab cooking some shit up. It's to the moon with her too. Yeah, that's what's disgusting. She's un- uh, they're, they're promoting her record. What is she? Thirty-seven and zero. They they're like Goldberging her. She's thirty-seven and zero, and I'm like oh, of thirty-seven of the most unimpressive fucking displays of professional wrestling in the history <laughs> of the game. What are we Can bragging do- about here? I mean, I, I don't like to say that I believe or I like to listen to uh, some of the, um, you know, like things you see, oh, such and such does disagrees with the booking and shit like that. But it's starting to, it's starting to, starting to seem like uh, some of this shit might be true, man. This is the booking on some of this is kind of weird. Oh, oh no, oh no, 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 no. Don't say the booking is weird quite yet. Uh-oh. Hold, hold your horses, folks. Hold your horses for that one. Let me finish this Owen Hart thing. So Adam wins, Britt Baker wins, and then here comes the fucking ceremony. And I said earlier I had concern. When Tony Khan and Martha Hart came through the tunnel to to come up and to the podium. Starts- and, and and I saw Martha holding a stack of paper. My concern turned to panic. I said, "Please, dear good, good Lord, baby Jesus, please tell me she ain't got a speech prepared." Oh yeah, speech, please, speech, speech, please speech. tell me she ain't got a speech prepared. And Lord have mercy, would you behold? She had. You are talking about a five-hour pay-per-view. If you to cut out Martha Hart. You'd have saved yourself 45 goddamn minutes. Oh, you didn't Boy, like the speech? she went out there and thanked every mother. If you bumped into Martha at the local grocery, she thanked you. Mm. The person who did her car wash and then cleaned the interior without being asked, she thanked you. That was she nice. You. That was I mean, nice. you kind of deserve it. Yeah. You kind of deserve it. You know, when she goes to the, to the gas station and she gives you the money for, for gas... Mm-hmm. She gives you thirty bucks in cash, but yeah, she yeah. only pumped twenty eight forty six. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's and then you get in your car and the guy comes out with a dollar fifty four in his hand. Here, no, you need this. She thanks you. She thanks you. Everybody, she thanks. That time that her son was in sixth grade and he forgot his pencil case at home, so the student next to him let him borrow a pencil. She thanks you. 
Martha Hart was the most philanthropic. She was such a giving person on this fucking pay-per-view. And Adam Cole and Britt Baker just fucking stood there. Didn't say a fucking lick for a full goddamn hour. I don't know how long this really was. But the longer she spoke, I felt like I was in the quantum realm. When Martha Hart speaks, time works differently. For you, it was five hours. For me, it was five years. It reversed it. Damn. And I, I, listen, listen to me. She has been waiting for a fucking opportunity to cut a goddamn wrestling promo of some kind for fucking, when did he die? 20, 25 years ago? She's been waiting for an opportunity to say some shit. And boy, let me tell you, she got her fucking money's worth. Then she handed out two belts to Britt and to Adam. And I'm going to safely assume we'll never see those belts again. Because you're not going to defend Owen Hart Foundation Championships on fucking television, right? One would would think. I mean, why not? (laughs) One would think. But here we are. And I was like, this is fucking insanity. And then the greatest... Worst match I've ever seen in my entire life. Mm-hmm. Now, hold on one second. Not worse because the match. or I actually thought there was a lot of good movement, a lot of good spots. That This match actually wasn't that terrible physically. I'm, of course, talking about the six-person mixed tag team match. American Top Team, Ethan Page, Scorpio Sky, Page Van Zandt, with Dan Lambert in their corner against Frankie Kazarian, Sammy Guevara, and Ty Conti. Okay. Fucking gross. Now, I want if you've if you stopped watching wrestling years ago, if you stopped watching years ago and you haven't really been paying attention to the product, allow me to explain to you the booking. Because you just said, "Well, what a poorly booked blah blah blah." In, no, I've heard that the booking in, people complain about the book in this <laughs> match. I don't complain about booking an awful lot, but this one is egregious. This one is so out of the box. This one is so clearly, I don't, if I was to take a fifth grader, and this is not an exaggeration because I have done this in the past. When you start getting into late elementary, middle school area, and you start going over storytelling, just in general, books, stories, telling, right? Normal shit. Mm-hmm. One of the first things that you explain to a child is that every story needs an antagonist and a protagonist. Okay? This is basic, rudimentary storytelling. Wrestling did not invent the baby face and the heel. They didn't invent it. They just good gave guy, it. Bad guy. They just, yeah, they just gave it new names, but it's still good guy, bad guy. There is a good guy who is trying to overcome the evil deeds of a bad guy, and eventually the good guy will overcome the bad guy and give you an emotional and and endearing story. <laughs> That's how that works. Can you tell a story about two good guys doing something together? Sure, probably. Two bad guys, perhaps, maybe. But never. In the history of professional wrestling, have I ever seen a situation like this? Okay. Ethan Page, Scorpio Sky, and Paige Van Zandt, American Top Team, were heels. Hard body. No question about it. They're bad guys. They said all the bad guy things. 
They enter, they insult the audience. That our opponents are dumb dumbs. Everything. <laughs> now, dumb dumbs. When their program began with Sammy Guevara, he was the TNT champion. Okay, he was the TNT champion. And somewhere along the line, Sammy decided, I'm going to use my real-life girlfriend, Ty Conti, and she's going to start escorting me to the ring, and we're going to be a tandem on television. And I guess Tony was like, sounds cool. Mm. Tony Mm -hmm. Khan has talked about this situation. I'll get to his comments in a second. But here's the thing. Sammy's a young dude. He's, he's, so he's, trash. he's 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 a young guy. He's literally fucking trash. He's 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 a young guy, right? And apparently, I don't know this for sure, but apparently, trust your gut. With the exception of the young lady we met in Houston a few months ago, you know, the first girlfriend that he proposed to, because now they're now him and yeah. Tyler what's up with that? Then they do a whole fucking spiel on fucking TV about oh, this thing sh- proposing to somebody. They sure fucking did. That's why I was so confused that he was tonguing down Ty Conti. Yes. I was like, isn't this nigga married? So his high school sweetheart, I forgot, I think her name was Pam. Pamela, right? His high school sweetheart, who had been with him for forever, right? They had been a couple for as long as, I don't know, like anyone can fucking remember seeing them. Damn, was there for him and they everything were, and then left for some Ty Conti? Yep, and Sammy was just getting over as a babyface. And they were in Houston, which is his hometown, and his girlfriend was in the crowd. He came up with the brilliant idea: "I'd like to propose to my girlfriend in front of fucking everybody." And they said, Tony sure. Khan said okay. "And they said, sure, why not?" I was so confused right? by this when it was and happening. And then they did it. They did the proposal. She said yes, and everything like that. And then she disappeared. She never came on TV again. It was never even fucking talked about again. It was just beautiful. It was just something they did in Houston. Yes, yeah, whatever. Beautiful. Okay. Then fast forward, it hits on the internet that not only is the engagement off, they're not together anymore. They broke up. Mm. And it wasn't a week. It wasn't a week. It wasn't a week. It didn't have anything to do with a baddie named Ty Cobb. Well, there it is. It wasn't even a full week when the young lady had announced that they were no longer together, that he's all over her Instagram in pictures with Ty Conti. So instantly people just started hating Ty Conti. Not so I much mean, not so much him yet. Right? But yeah, in, the, in, the, in the initial blast it was Ty so, because she's the home wrecker, so to speak, right? She is, yes. She's in that the home case, yes. So yes. Ty would defend herself. No, 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 wait a second. They were already breaking up and blah 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 blah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know the sure. use. Right. The huge. Yeah. Sure. Whatever. Anyway. That's what started getting Ty heat. Ty was a babyface on television. Yes, I do remember that. But she people, was like, her trajectory was actually pretty that's good. That's right. She was doing really good. She was her and, matches and, were getting good. Yep. She was getting yeah, she and was doing then, great. Uh, and then this bullshit hit. So, oh, so then, so what happened was, is now they're dating on social media and they're they're steering into this, right? Oh fuck the haters! Da, 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 da. They're kissing each other all over the fucking place. Uh, they took the beautiful you and me versus the world. Yeah, huh? they they took pictures beautiful. naked with a belt or some shit. It was, oh, the, it was sure just was they great. were really scaring it. But this was on social media. They weren't doing it on TV yet. So because Sammy kind of steered into it with Ty. They then started hating Sammy. Mm. 
So here's Sammy and Ty Conti on TV attempting to be fucking baby faces. And they're getting booed out of the fucking building. Now, because they're being booed out of the building does not necessarily mean that they need to turn to heels on television. We've seen that a thousand times. Cena gets booed, still a babyface. Roman Reigns gets booed, still a babyface. There's ways to do this. But mm-hmm. Sammy and Ty decided, well, if they want to be dickheads, we're going to be dickheads right back. So they started being heels all on their own. They just decided we're going to be bad guys now. Now, this would by default mean that if we're going to start booing Sammy and Ty, that that means we should be cheering Ethan and Scorpio. Oh, my God. That's the way that it would normally go. I'd and, be fucking high if I was those two, because they've been trying to build uh, heat for a yes. while. Yes, indeed. And you're absolutely right. And if I was them, I'd be pissed, too. And I think they were pissed, because listen to the pettiness. So now, by default, because we've got these two children making out on TV every fucking week, the crowd is booing the fuck out of them. And every time Ethan and Scorpio make fun of them, they're getting cheered for it. So out of pure outright stupidity, Ethan and Scorpio and Dan Lambert, and Paige Van Zandt for that matter, double down. Instead of turning baby faces, they double down. And they extra heal. They try to go. They try to out heal the new heels. Yeah, so yeah. we have one set of heels. And I'm sorry, but you can't out heel social media heels. You just can't do it, dude. So yeah. So they're they're out. They're trying to all out heel one another here, and it's just a fucking mess. The crowd does not know which way to go. So what happens is eventually, and I don't know if it was by default, but eventually. The top talent guys, Ethan and Scorpio, they start turning a little bit more toward the babyface side. Mm-hmm. And now we're starting to think of ourselves, all right, this might start making a little bit more sense now because now we're starting to get more clearly defined lines. Nope, Scorpio Sky drops somebody. I forgot who the fuck it was. They're all heels. Okay, dude. So as soon as, as, soon as they started embracing the fans just a little bit, they said, no, fuck all that. Cause like now I don't like the way this feels. Yeah, this feels dumb. I'm not gonna do this anymore. Uh, I'm just gonna be a bad guy. Fuck it. So now we got to, now we get to this pay per view, right? Scorpio Sky has also had a problem with his former teammate, Frankie Kazarian. Frankie Kazarian is no longer friends with Scorpio Sky due to his affiliation with Top Team, whatever. And Frankie wanted an opportunity at the TNT title. So Scorpio and Frankie are feuding each other, and Frankie is a full-blown fucking babyface. No heel about him at all whatsoever. And somehow, I didn't catch the episode, didn't care for it. They got put into a six-person tag. So it's heel Ethan, heel Scorpio, heel Paige against babyface Frankie, heel Sammy, and heel Ty. I'm not even going to go into the actual match itself because yeah, please don't. I've you already don't, no spoken about the retardedness be... of everything going on here. No one needs But in the course of the match, in the co- I will mention this about the match. Frankie Kazarian, try as he might, and he did, he tried. He remained a babyface the entire 
fucking match. That's the guy that was on Ty Conti's team, right? Yes. The one Dude, where they were he did something at the end that was fire. I, the whole match, I was just confused of what's going on. And then I had to, like, double back and rewind a few times. What was it? I'm trying to remember. He did something that was – oh, that's so annoying. Like a move? Uh, whatever. Yeah, he did some. Oh no, 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 no! He did the move where he slingshotted him off the the apron and and did like a diamond cutter into oh, the ring. Yeah, yeah, yeah that yeah, shit. Yeah. That shit was kind of hot. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, that was kind of fire. They're all they're all dope to a degree. That was good. This, that was good. This makes zero sense, <sighs> and nobody knew what to do. No one knew how to feel. No one knew how to interact with this. It didn't make any sense at all. So you just went, watching. So they shit did, so did they just go rogue? Like, did they? Did I can't they officially say on. I can't officially say that they just did whatever they wanted to do, and they're just allowed to do that. I have to believe at some point Tony interjected. But if they're doing it on TV, then he's approving. And if he's approving of this, then he doesn't know what he's doing. <laughs> and, and 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 I don't. I've never really said that about Tony because I've always. Wanna... Felt that he could. I always feel like Tony is one question away from doing it the right way. That when he asks for people's opinions and he incorporates those things, they tend to come out better than when he just sits there by himself and goes, Oh, I have an idea. Because then it turns into shit like this and you get confused. I was like, I don't know what the fuck's going on. I want to give him benefit of the doubt and say that they went rogue, man. Because of the way they were acting was just too fucking weird. Like it was just so confusing. At one point, at the one point, one of the announcers called him an idiot. Like I really <laughs> felt like this was some random shit that wasn't like the worst thing in the world, but it was just so left field that I don't think anybody knew this shit was gonna end up the way that it was ending up. It was fucking weird. Fuck. Anyway. Kyle O'Reilly and Darby Allen had a match for some strange reason. Uh, I know that. Oh, they where just... he almost died twice. <laughs> if you're... doesn't Darby almost always die? I mean, that's why his matches are great, though. That's, that is why his matches are so great. The the risk of death always always big in the Darby Allen matches. Oh, yeah. um, I mean, what do you say about this? It was an okay match. It was it was right. a good match. It was it was the same yeah. thing to me. It was definitely a Darby Allen match. Right, Definitely. like it was the same thing. This uh, about the Samoa Joe thing, right? Yep. Like, it's not a bad match. It's just completely surrounded by absolute trash. It was very like yeah. arguably was... There, there. There was no gray area here. So when you get to this, I don't know. I'm just so flat at this point that it's just like, all right, cool. And th- and then you have these botches where he almost kills himself. And then goes to the other side and does it again. The balls on that guy is just something different. <laughs> yeah. It's, I can't believe that we've almost forgotten about him in this entire process. Because but, he, he, he definitely uh, – Darby Allen is I don't so know. good. It wasn't – like you said, it wasn't a bad match. It just felt flat because the pay-per-view itself just kind of felt flat. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was a, a good match that I wish would have been on a better card, just like the other match. Mm-hmm. And then we get to the best match of the night. Mm. Oh, my God. This was I was watching this match with Steph, and I was just like, thank God for these two women. I was By this point, I was a bad drunk because I had started drinking at the beginning of the pay-per-view, and now we're about three hours in here, and I was a very angry drunk. But Thunder Rosa, 
and Serena Deeb, the professor of professional wrestling, saved the day. Gave me something yeah. that I could I could swallow here. No pun intended. Heavily pause. On, heavy on the pause. Um, pause was intended. Pause was implied. I, I thought it was implied, but you know I'll say it. I'll, I'll get it out there. Make it official. Yeah, yeah. But Thunder Rosa and Serena Deeb on paper, when you looked at this card, I was thinking to myself, this is going to be one of the best matches on the card. And then, lo and behold, I didn't realize what they would be up against. Like Cornette says, they stole the show, but it was petty theft. They, were, they, they, were, met, they, met it, they made it they, easy. They made yeah, they, The other ones probably saw that match in the car and said, fuck it, I'm not even going to try. Because it would just be a waste of everyone's time. Um, Thunder Rosa and Serena Deeb are just, they're just fantastic professional wrestlers. What can you say? What, so, what did they do in this match that was really that egregious, but still it remained fun and good? No, it was a good match. It was it a was good match. I wish we would match. be seeing more of these guys. So damn like this, fine match. <laughs> huh? I said it was a damn fine match. Damn. Yeah, fine. it was good. Pretty so I have a question about good. Thunder Rosa, though. Okay. What is it about her that I don't like? <sighs> there is something about her that I don't like, and I I thought I. Thought, I thought it was her talking, mm-hmm. but I don't. I don't think it is. She's not the best on the microphone, but she's not even close to the worst. No, she understands what she's trying to say. She delivers it. Whether I'm a big fan of it or not, it's not a. It's not a matter of her talent on the mic. What is it about Thunder Rosa that doesn't get me there with her like Britt Baker does? Man, if, am I the only one that feels this way? Maybe not. I mean, I'm sold on her, but you, it's, I, I don't find, dislike her. I'm I find it impossible bad. to think you're the only one who would have, but an there's issue with her. something about her that I go, I don't like that. And I just, I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. Her ability in the ring is fine. Like I said, her speaking is, is okay. I don't have really have an issue with it. Just something about her. She's like one thing away that I don't know what it is from being like the best person in that building. Huh. I can't. I, I can't really tell you because I know that when they had the match with Britt Baker, the Lights Out match, you were that was the one that sold you on Thunder Rosa. They were like, yeah. okay, yeah, she's pretty, pretty good. Now she's I'm going to keep an eye on this one, right? Yeah. You're yeah. saying the promo is not really. That uh, that crazy, like like horrendously bad or something. Like right, that. right. It's not bad. Right. So I mean, if it's not her in ring and it's not her promo, uh, is it her look? Is there something about the half paint? Maybe is I don't it, know. Is it the heavy... I'm I'm gonna figure it out, and when I do, Listen, I'm, I'm gonna find out. I'm gonna figure it out when I do. I'm gonna bring it up here. Trust me. But I, I, I'm just we're, we're gonna circle back bug, to this. Yeah, yeah. I'm just putting the bug in everybody's ear. Everybody, keep your eyes open and and let me know <laughs> if you can find out what it is before me. But there is something about Thunder Rosa that just keeps her at a level to where I I don't see her as a champion for that long. Ooh, okay. Okay. But I digress. All right. All right. All right. Well, uh, this match also marks, if I'm not correct, the moment that you tapped out, and I was very close. Myself. It was it was an unintentional tap. I was just tired. That's okay. And then, but but but. When I came back to it, I was like, I just I just want to see that. I, I was like, oh, what's this? Okay, it kind of bounced a little bit. And I was like, nah, that bounced a little bit. I was like, nah, just like, let me just go to the end and watch the last match. Because I don't I don't have the stamina for this anymore, dude. These matches are so long, and I'm not getting much out of them. 
Yeah, it's not one of those things where it's like I, I want to force myself awake to continue to watch this. So, uh, next up, the Anarchy in the Arena match. Boy, oh boy. Ugh, that name just sounds disgusting. <laughs> so, how do I explain the Anarchy? <laughs> this, I saw there was a lot this, of blood. So. Okay, no, lots of that. Lots of that. You know what? Not for nothing. Lots of anarchy. There was a lot of anarchy in this, and it definitely was. There was a lot. Lived up to the name. A lot of anarchy, and it definitely took place in an arena. I can vouch for that. Okay. All right. So So consistency. There's some consistency in the marketing. So I'll I'll go ahead and I'll I'll give them that. Um, Okay. So I've already been as negative as I'm possibly going to be about all the other stuff. But here's the thing about this. I understood the story going in. I, I'm i not going to sit here and say that I was the biggest fan of it. But at least for this match, I understood it. Right? And the biggest, the biggest takeaway that I have from this match. And I hope no one gets upset with me about this. Because I'm being very honest. And I'm, I'm going to go ahead and let my bias show. Okay. Live your truth, King. I'm going to go ahead and let my bias show. I have said it a thousand times on this show, and I'm going to continue to say it. The usage of Eddie Kingston, Santana, and Ortiz is outright shameful, and it's outright disgusting at this fucking point. To have consistently, consistently one of the best tag teams on planet Earth, and I'm not saying this because they were friends. I'm saying this because by now I would have thought that they've proven it to be true. Okay? In 2018 and 2019, I can even go to 2017 if you want me to, they were arguably one of the best tag teams on planet Earth, and it didn't even matter what company it was. They were getting compared to WWE teams, Impact Wrestling teams, Ring of Honor teams, didn't matter. Right, everybody, everybody was on the same page. Santana and Ortiz were great. Eddie Kingston, for a long time, had a rap for being a really decent and really good promo, but you know he, he was always his own worst enemy. Talented guy could be great, but he's his own worst enemy. He's always getting himself into trouble. Yes. Santana and Ortiz have now proven on the big stage. That they can go with just about anybody. They, that's that's not even a question anymore. It's no longer a well. If you know they're in Impact, it's a smaller company. If they were on a national television every week, it'd be a different story. Okay. Well, they are now, and they've proven already that they can get in there with anybody. Eddie Kingston is monstrously over. The most over guy in AEW. They, they fucking love that guy. Fucking one of the most over guys in this fucking company. Period. And they're in this. And once again, we're in a situation where I don't think it helped anybody in this match, including the heels. Because I know that the Jericho Appreciation Society is Chris Jericho. I know Jake Hager. I've gotten pretty used to seeing Daniel Garcia. But I don't have any clue who the names of those other guys are. And I know it's the 2.0 guys. It's Angelo. They changed their names. It's Angelo Parker and Matt Menard or some shit like that. I have it in front of me. That's the only reason why I know their names right now off the top of my head, because it's written on a wiki in front of me. 
I don't think this match helped it at all. I looked, I was watching, when I was watching this match, I don't think the camera was ever even on Matt or Angelo ever. I don't recall seeing them do anything at any point in time during this match. That camera, I don't know if it was planned that way, but I think the camera was told to either follow Chris or any of the baby faces. Meaning whatever any of the baby faces do anything. It felt, it felt like that. Actually, it felt that's what I was trying to figure out throughout the course of this match. It there were very little done in the ring. As soon as the fucking match started, like the Jericho guys, they they had their entrance, they were in the ring, and then they played Moxley's music, the wild thing, and all the members of that team came dressed in street fight clothing through the crowd, like a shield entrance. Yeah. Not together. They all came down different staircases. And they were coming down staircases, and the Jericho guys jumped out of the ring into the audience, and they fought in the crowd the entire fucking fight. And they went New Jack style with it. Wild Thing played the entire fucking match. It looked uh-huh. like it's 17 times. Wow. They're fighting and choking each other out and shit. Hilarious. So there's that. Then, again, I'm trying to give a, a, a brief an explanation as I can, but this match was complete. You want to talk about all over the goddamn place. There must have been 18 cameras used because there was a spot here and a spot here. And Moxley's choking this guy. And Jericho's <laughs> trying to avoid Kingston because Jericho started bleeding five seconds into this match. Eddie busted him open immediately. And he bled for the whole fucking time. Jericho bled for so long, halfway through the match, he stopped bleeding and he dried up. He just had a cut, had a boo-boo on his head. That was it. Damn. And they're fighting. And they're fighting. And Eddie does this. And out of nowhere, Santana and Ortiz set up two ladders and two tables in the audience and do double dives to tables. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, Jericho, I think Danielson are in the ring. And they're running spots out of nowhere. And then uh, Moxley's in there now. And here comes Hager. And they're taking turns in and out. Anarchy in the arena. It was definitely that. It was chaos. It was hard to follow. I will give one positive spin to this. All right. And the only positive spin to this is that Jericho's team got the win. And the reason why I say that's a positive spin is because I actually believe, I don't give a shit what success the Inner Circle had. I actually feel like this group fits Jericho better than the Inner Circle did. I, I, I thought there were too, too much like individuals in the other group. This feels like a stable. This feels like a group. So I like the fact that they got the win. Because hopefully now this leads to these fuckers getting away from each other. Because I don't want Santana and Ortiz with the Blackpool Fight Club, and I don't want Eddie fucking with Danielson and all. Although that was another thing, too. So Kingston cut this amazing promo. Uh, But this one was especially. This was good. It was during the pre-show, and he was drunk, and he was crying, and he was drinking. And he opened up the promo by stating, here I am again trying to drown my demons. And he laughs and he goes, but they know how to swim and they always find me. And that's what this is, Chris. I don't even know how long we've been doing this, Chris. I don't know how long this has been going. I don't know. I don't keep track. But every time I've, ever since I've been in AEW, I've been trying to get away from that old me. 
I've been trying to get away from that old me, that old me that always got in trouble and this and so on and the fourth. He's cutting this big promo. And he, and he basically told Chris Jericho, he said, I'm not going to stop until I put you in the fucking ground, Chris. That's it. This isn't about winning matches for me anymore. I don't, I don't, I, 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 want, I want you to be ended. I want to end you. I want to put you into the fucking ground. I want to hurt you. I want to do bad things to you. And he takes a swig and he starts tearing up again. Ah. Uh, I keep trying to drown my demons, and they know how to swim. And he got real serious in the kit, man. This is getting real, Chris. And I'm going to put you in the fucking ground. So that's a great promo. You got to see the whole promo. It's dope. And then we get to the match. Eddie's bleeding by this point. Like, there's a bunch of people bleeding at this point. There's, a, there's blood everywhere. But Eddie Kingston comes out toward the end. He comes out with a gas can, one of those red travel ones that you have in your car. And he's walking to the wow. ring, and Brian Danielson has Jericho in the yes lock. And he's got him hooked up. And all of a sudden, Kingston starts pouring gasoline on Jericho and Danielson. And Danielson, Danielson got it because he had him in a hole. He just happened to be there. But he got doused too. So Danielson's selling the gasoline. Jericho's selling gasoline. And Eddie takes out a match to light Jericho on fire. And Danielson gets up, smacks the match out of his hand. What are you, fucking crazy? <laughs> and Eddie punches Danielson and Danielson and Eddie Kingston start punching each other and Moxie tries to break him up and Eddie is screaming get him out of my way Mox get him out of my way he tried to per- he tried to put this nigga on fire for real and then uh, Mox and Kingston get taken out Jericho and Hager ta- uh, double up on Danielson and they tap they tap Danielson they 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 choke him I tap him sorry he didn't tap they choked him out he passed out. They they choked out Danielson. That's how the match ends. And my biggest takeaway from that finish, aside from the fact that I thought it was a cool visual with the match and the fire, someone online made a great comparison. They said, you know how angry you have to be at someone in this economy to pour gasoline on somebody? With the way gas prices are right now, that you're just going to pour <laughs> gasoline on somebody like that? Oh, yeah, That's dude. extreme hate. This I don't know how to feel about this match. If this match had happened, or I'll oh, this is a great way to explain this. Okay, earlier I said I, I'm a big fan of seven to eight matches. Yeah. On a pay per view or like a big card, and right. this match had twelve, and I said I could, I could promise you there's tw- there's four matches off the top of my head that I could tell you that if it would have been on Dynamite instead, this would have would have this still would have been uh, a better card. No. The, now that we're toward the end, the four matches that I would have taken off of this and had it on Dynamite, I would have taken the Hardys and the Young Bucks off. Yep. I would have taken Jaden and a Jay off. Yep. I would have taken the uh, America Top Team match off. Yep. And I would have taken the next match, which is the tag team title match, the triple threat tag team. Everybody else, I'd have kept, which would have made this card, Wardlow and MJF, I would have made a damn cut. No, see, you're being disrespectful because you don't like Jungle Boy and them. Hold and on, you're uh, telling me that you'd rather keep that MJF shit over that MJF. Well, because it's gonna tell a bigger story for War. I need that match on the card because it's for Wardlow, not for MJF. Wardlow's gonna be a big star, and that All made right. and that made. It I like good. Wardlow a lot. Yeah, so I keeping that on more for Wardlow than MJF. So Wardlow, I keep the six man. I would have kept just because whatever, right? They, 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 that kind of shit people like, I'll keep it on the card. Cole and Joe, Breaker and Soho, obviously, I keep. Kyle O'Reilly and Darby, I keep. Thunder Rosa and Deeb, I keep. 
this match, the Arena Curry, I keep, and then the main event. You can't tell me that's not a better pay per view card than what it I gets. mean, it is a much better. You took out a lot of the I trash. I trimmed a lot of fat. There you go. Right. All that other shit didn't even need to happen. And that's right. And there's, and there's that. So let me go ahead now and get to the triple threat tag team match for the tag team titles. The reason why I would have taken this match off the card isn't because it was bad. It, but it was because it wasn't fucking great. There's, there was nothing about this fucking match that made any goddamn difference. This match could have very easily have been on Rampage and it wouldn't have fucking mattered to anybody. Right. This uh, Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus didn't do a bad job. Keith Lee and Swerve didn't do a bad job. Hobbs and Starks are obviously immensely talented. They didn't do a bad job. Nothing about any of these matches, and we've been saying this throughout the, the course of this review of this pay-per-view, there was nothing that took place on this card where when you walked away from it and you went, holy fuck, that was amazing. When we did All Out, when we did the review for All Out, we were like, we're that was away. fucking amazing. Blown away. The last paper they did, Revolution, when we walked away and we said that dog collar match might have been one of the best matches we've seen in a long time in any company. In any, in any company. And it ranked up there with one of the best dog collar matches I think I had ever seen ever. This pay-per-view did not have anything like that. At all. This pay-per-view didn't have anything that ever resembled something that was so amazing, I, you can't miss this. They had a lot of Dynamite and Rampage matches on this show. Jurassic Express, Keith Lee and Swerve Scott and Team Taz, uh, excuse me, I said Swerve Scott, Swerve Strickland, they had a, a, a pretty decent triple threat tag team match, which is another problem. Triple threat tag team match. The last pay-per-view for the, had a triple threat match for the tag team titles. I'm afraid to go to All Out because I don't remember the tag team title match for that show, and I'm pretty sure it was probably something crazy. They don't, uh, they don't mix it up a lot when it comes to these things. So there's not really much to tell you about this match other than it was a decent match. It was good. A lot of guys got their shit in, got some spots going. Luchasaurus, Powerhouse Hobbs, and Keith Lee did a spot together. All the three muscle guys did right. something together, whatever the case. And the fucking tag champs retained. And that's it. Christian Cage now stole Luchasaurus' gimmick, and he puts Jungle Boy on his shoulders. And Luchasaurus just stands there, bumblefucked, I guess. I don't know. He's just this. Basutasaurus just chills and does whatever. And Luchasaurus, by the way, was not uh, his usual Basuda self. There wasn't a whole lot. I think someone's finally gotten into his head. Because a lot of the. I started calling him Basutasaurus because he does a lot of garbage shit. Someone has gotten into his head and told him, stop doing shit that you're not really sure about. Because he's been sticking to the same few things. He stopped diving to the floor and he's done all this different stuff. He's doing choke slams, big boots. He's wrestling like a big guy now. And because of that, he's been fucking up a lot less. He still does that bullshit moon standing moonsault, which he needs to fucking cut out. But other than that, he's been a lot less sloppy. So I'm going to go ahead and give him another dose of credit because I gave him some of that credit. What was that? Uh, was that all out? Where I was yeah. just like, yeah, he didn't do too bad. Fuck it, right? Same deal here. I'm gonna. I'm. I'm not even going to tell you this match was impressive because it wasn't. But I'm gonna. I'm gonna go ahead and give him his goddamn due. He did. He didn't wow anybody, but he didn't fuck it up. There wasn't really a fuck up in this match. Nobody really did anything that was that crazy that you had to, you know, complain about or whatever. But right. it also, I mean, <laughs> it also didn't do shit. No one did anything in this matchup that was really that crazy. So we moved on. 
So the main event here, CM Punk, Hangman Adam Page for the AEW World Heavyweight Championship. You did catch this match. You went mm-hmm. back for this one. So, I mean, what were your expectations for this one? Because I think people had low expectations for this one as well. Uh, So I kind of... <clears throat> I don't know. Look, look, I'm not a huge Adam Page guy. I don't think he's terrible. Um, I think he's very generic. Very, I don't know. He just doesn't really scream champion to me. So I've been trying to kind of keep my eye on him. He's not doing a bad job. I'm not trying to say anything negative. It's just, I don't know. He just doesn't really scream, uh, scream champion. I mean, his matches are very bland. But um, no, I mean, it was okay. It was all right. It got super awkward there at the end. <laughs> super awkward. There, there, there was a. There was a, a finish or or an idea that they 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 punk, I'm assuming it was punk, wanted to do this. So yeah. he tried it twice. You're referring to the buckshot layer. And he fucked it up yes. twice. Yeah. And I I don't know if that's a matter of him just getting old or being unathletic. Well, we're finding out now, after the fact, it may have been due to an injury. Uh, CM Punk is getting surgery. He's going to retain the championship. They're not going to take the title off him. He won't be out for that long. But it looks like he's not going to be on that Forbidden Door card either. Mm. So we'll have to figure that out. So I know a lot of people gave him shit. I did too. And I was talking to you just when you were here for the graduation. I just told you. I said that match was not good. Yeah, you did not look right. Because I was watching. You were like, man, it's showing like he might be a little slower. And I'm like, I'm watching the match. I'm like, he looks fine. Yeah. This, and this now, match is he, fine. And then he, when I saw that, I'm like, oh, I think this is what he was referring yeah, to. Yeah. And now we're now we're learning now that it might be uh, due to an injury that took place. During so, the match. During the match, right. So it may have right. been something that maybe he wasn't able to really control. So he should have let we'll it go. Uh, well, you know, he's a pretty stubborn son of a bitch. And, yeah. and again, in his mind, he's probably sitting here saying that I'm trying to make this kid, man. Trying to make this kid, and who knows? It is what it is. But like you said, this match wasn't totally egregious. It wasn't totally out of the same. But I think people did have low expectations because here's the deal. Adam Page. I've been taking a lot of fucking shit. And I'm going to continue to take that shit because I don't think that I'm wrong about this. But Adam Adam Cage. Adam Page is going to be one of the top guys in AEW. And he's going to be one of when when we hit the ten year mark for AEW, we just hit the third year. When we hit the the ten year mark, there's you know Adam Page's name is going to be in the upper echelon. He's going to be one of the greats in AEW history. He just will be. He's too talented not to be. But that day is not today. He ain't there, and he wasn't ready for this. And it's a shame because. It kind of felt for a while there that he was, and it kind of felt overdue, actually, a little bit to some people. Kind of felt overdue that, that he should have been the champion. When AEW first made a world championship, it came down to Adam uh, Page and Chris Jericho. And they ended up going with Jericho. Mm-hmm. And that decision was one of the first real, you know, hey, Tony, what are you doing? arguments that happened amongst fans for AEW. Right. And we're now learning 2020 
vision, not ear, that that might have been the best fucking idea that they ever did because Adam wasn't ready. He wasn't ready then, and it's very clear that he's not ready now. More matches against guys like Punk, <clears throat> more matches against guys like Danielson. But what is it that more, he's not ready? There's something not clicking with, with, between him and... To me, he's very dry. Well, I, it's that's not what, his talent. It's his personality. That's what I mean that's by not going to change. That's what I mean by something not clicking. There's, He's a great athlete, and he's a great wrestler. And like I tell people all the time, you could be the best wrestler on the planet. If nobody gives a fuck about who you are as a person, it doesn't matter. They've done a lot more for Adam Page to tell more of his story, I guess, like him as a person. Yeah. than a lot of other characters. But here's the other problem, and I want people who are getting into the wrestling business or are thinking about getting into the wrestling business to understand this and to think about this very seriously before you start taking bumps. Is there anything about you, the individual, that is even remotely interesting at all? Forget forget your ability in the ring. Forget your ability to talk on the microphone how you convey your messages, all that's fine. Are you yourself an interesting person? If the answer is no, then you better be a good actor. And you better come up with some shit that is interesting. Because for you to go in front of an audience full of people and just say, hey, you know, I'm I'm a good wrestler, so I should be at the top of the card, that's, that's not going to work on a high level. On an indie level, it might work, because there's not a whole lot of that. The talent dilutes even more on the indie level than it does on the main stage. So if you got a really good athlete who's a really good, you know, he could do a lot of cool shit in the ring and he, he's, he's really good at, uh, you know, the in-ring stuff or maybe even a decent promo, you could push that guy and he could be the top guy for your independent company, no problem. On the national stage, it takes a little more. There's something about him that is off. It is something this is the problem, him. but this is the problem with... Um... High-end championship belts, man. And this is the thing that a lot of people don't realize. It's what Roman does. When you look at a Roman Reigns, who else but him? Answer me that. And I will gladly agree with you. But until you can give me an actual reason for someone else other than him, then I'm sorry. He's just going to keep rocking until the wheels fall off. I don't feel that way about Adam Page. I can line up a plethora of guys who could be in front of him. That's what happens. You, you also but, have to remember the way that he was presented. Like You have to keep that in mind when you talk about Adam Page. Because remember, his original gimmick, he was a drunk. Remember that gimmick when he was walking around with the yes, alcohol? Yes and, and, yes and no. I, I agree with what you're saying. <laughs> but we're talking about Tony Khan in the beginning. No. The world was your oyster. He chose to do that. Yep. Don't tell me Tony Khan said, yo, I want you to be a drunk. That's not what happened. No, probably not. So if that's the way he introduced himself, he did that to himself. Yeah. So that that's, that's, that's another comment to you not being the guy, if that's the vision. Because that was that your had. idea. That yeah. idea was your bad. vision was the sympathy card. The boo-hoo, woe is me, dude. That's what you wanted to and be. that's another part of the problem of giving people creative control. No, I think that's part of the beauty. You eliminate yourself. The but they're not being eliminated. He made him the champion anyway. That's the problem. Yeah, he's still committed being, to him. The guy isolated to him. himself, and he was just like, here, come here, dude. You're losing yourself. 
let me put the belt on you so we can see more how dumb things that you're doing. Again, I don't think he's doing the worst in the world. So I don't want to come off that way. However, when you are talking about your your most prestigious title in your company, you have to be the highest, most undeniable person in the building. And Adam Page is not that guy. No, he's not. He's not. not. No. And it becomes even more obvious that he isn't when you see him surrounded by talents that have already proven that they can be. When you have Adam Cole, Adam Cole, Adam Page, well, Adam Cole's going to come up. But when you have Adam Page as your champion on the same roster, when guys like an MJF or a Cole or a Joe or a Punk or a Danielson or a Moxley or a Jericho or I can go on and on, when these guys are on the roster and Page is your world champion, Page better be something fucking special. And while he's great, I don't know if special is where you would put him. It's the Mm -hmm. same thing with your tag titles. Jurassic Express are your tag team champions. I can't find anybody anywhere that's going to tell me that Jurassic Express is the best tag team in AEW. It is, I don't see it. I don't think anybody sees it. Who 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 can confidently sit here and tell me Jurassic Express, yeah, they're the best tag team in the in, in the entire company. Forget the world. Just in AEW, Jurassic Express is where it's at. Who? Where? When? How? How sway? Tell me that. You can make an argument. You can make an argument, but that is that your best tag team then? <clears throat> Same thing with you the can, T- You can make an argument. You got the that's, T- not, that's the point. You got the TNT. We just said a second ago that Jade was the wrong choice for the TBS title. 100%. Okay. All right. So then your I don't TBS think there's champion, anybody that's going to deny your that. Your TBS champion is 37-0, and 0, and we still sitting here saying that's not your best option. Right. So there's a, there's a mix. There's a difference between trying to get over talents that you think are going to help you down the line and then no but i think this is a, right now i think this is a beautiful thing we're seeing though i don't think anyone's going to acknowledge it but i think it's a very beautiful thing it, it goes into what you what a lot of people are trying to say it's not one thing or the other it's you have to have it all it's not and again it's not just the machine this actually shows a lot of genius behind wwe's process because it's not just the machine I can't just put the belt on you and throw you in front of everybody and think you're going to be the champion. That's just, that's not how it works. You have to, it has to be a little bit of this and a little bit of that. It's got to be a mixture of you earning wherever it is you're going and you being able to maintain and have that personality to actually do it. That's what it comes down to. Everything. It has to be all. You have to have it all to get to that level. And there are very little bit of people that can actually pull that off. And actually, WWE has kind of bastardized the system, if you think about it, because now Tony's in a situation where he can give people the floor and the platform to be as creative as humanly possible and to hopefully develop something that would be unique and different. The problem Mm -hmm. is, is the people he's giving that latitude to don't know how to do it. No, I think the problem is, is that there are a lot less people 
that can do it. And yes. I and I think that's the misunderstanding. A lot of people believe that people get held back because they're not being given these opportunities. And I don't think that's the case. I think that the WWE sees a lot of shit that a lot of people don't see. And yep. they know they, yep. they know swear. the formula. Yep. So when they see it and be like, I'm sorry, that's just not going to work. You're like, oh, well, you're holding him back and you're doing this and that and the third. This whole AEW thing is only proving Vince right. He got these people who are leaving because of specifically creative differences and then they're coming over here, in my opinion, they're bombing. And there's more than one. There's more. There's a plethora <laughs> of them. More and than all, one. and like, all Tony is doing that it's so funny. is, is he's just feeding them to the people that he likes. Because now it comes across almost like <laughs> instead of Vince holding people back, he was protecting them from themselves. Dude. And that's bad. <laughs> it, yeah, I mean, I don't even want to go that far. He was protecting people from themselves. Some people. I don't, I don't think I could, Vince really I, gives a I, shit I, at I, that I, level. Well, no. See, that's the thing. When I say protected from themselves, <laughs> I mean he has a good look. He's a talented guy. He can cut a promo. He just doesn't do it the way that I like. No, so if he, I can get him to do it this way, no, it'll no. work out. See, and, and I think that's the problem. It's not a matter of what Vince is. Vince likes. He knows the business. Mm -hmm. He knows the formula. He knows what you guys like, even though you don't even fucking know what you liked. Right? It's not. A, it's not. A, I don't. I. This is teaching us that I don't think it's a Vince preference. It's the business that doesn't work. We've tried it. It doesn't work. Hmm. Try we, we it doesn't work. Oh, you're holding him back. He's great. And he's okay. Go. And I think he's starting to realize this because before this shit was this this started a war last time this happened where people were leaving to another company. We watched it. It was an all-out war. Vince would do everything and anything in his power to sabotage it. At this point, I don't even think he gives a f go. I have the best talent. I put them in the best scenario to be the best people that they are. You are not up to snuff. So are you going to open my salary cap more? Or are you going to let us use you for entertainment the way that the WWE operates? No, you want to go be a wrestler? Go. You're still going to be undercard to undercards. Go. <laughs> It's fine. It doesn't matter. It takes I think he's starting to understand the value more, and he's not caring. And like we said earlier, Vince will gladly look at you and go, "Go ahead, walk. Go. It's see, okay. Go. See how that works out for you." And if anything, it's probably pissing people who hate Vince McMahon off even more because at the end of the day, fucking uh, Cody Rhodes has proved that you know it doesn't fucking matter what you do. I, you if it's just, good business, you, come back. You ruined it. You ruined it. I was just gonna say, Vince will let you go. And say, hey, see how that works out for you. And you know what happens if it does work out? He'll just hire you right back. You can come back. You can come back. You didn't ruin it. What you did there, what you did there worked. Do it here now. Hey, you were an <laughs> asshole. But guess what? You went out there. I'm proud of you, kid. Come back home. Come back home. I got home. your room for you. <laughs> he doesn't hold home. the grudge. I'm coming home. It's all business. It's, it's all, all business. Can dude, you make me money? All it's all I'm telling you, man, this shit is just like. Yes, call him an asshole. Sure, he, he he's an maybe, asshole, right? He's maybe asshole. maybe he's not even an asshole. He's just dehumanized, right? Like he doesn't take your emotions or the situation into consideration. It's a matter of what is best for the business. Yeah, that that's, that's it. it. That's it. It doesn't matter. And then once he does that and he lets people go, he's an asshole. And then when he brings them back they're speechless it's like dude it works now i can make a couple dollars off of you yeah. come back i don't care uh, 
Fuck this paper. This wouldn't have worked back then, though. No, fuck this paper. <laughs> this would not have worked fuck back this then. Pay-per-view. Fuck everything about this paper. I'm glad we didn't do a roundtable for this fucking paper. So you know what, though, uh, at the end, and I'm of not it, doing one for Forbidden Door. At, at the end of it, I will give them benefit of the doubt. Okay, this was, this wasn't just a bad pay per view. This was a shitty pay per view. Uh-huh. But all their other ones have been bangers. So yeah. I will give them a pass. So this today. is a mulligan. <laughs> I will give them their freebie today. They they are not held to be perfect. Nobody's perfect, but they got it. They got to brush it up, man. They need to figure and out. I'm not counting the, the next one, uh, Forbidden Door. I'm not counting that as one of their whatever paper because that's a joint thing. So if that sucks, that sucks on two people's account, not just fucking them. I'll 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 wait for their next pay per view to make the determination as to all bounce back, but we'll see. Yeah, they, we'll give them the benefit of the they already Only lost their I champion will. for the big pay-per-view, so we'll see how that works out. Mm. Oh, we got to get out of here. Okay, my fucking son is screaming at me in the back room here. So, here we go. Um, yes, so uh, that is Double or Nothing. We'll be back next week. We got some great reviews for the video game episode that we did. And oh, yeah? So, oh, yeah. As a matter of fact, one Joe Pombo. <laughs> has reached out to me and stated that the next fucking time we do a video game thing, he wants in because he was, he said, I got to pick David's brain. Cause they, he, he was, you just became his favorite fucking podcaster ever. Cause apparently the shit you were saying about video games touched him as a fucking human being in his heart. <laughs> and he was just like, yo, your brother is fucking killing it right now on this episode. I was like, all right. He was like, next time y'all talk video games, I want in. So I was like, all right, we're going to have to do it again. I'm going to have to come up with another concept. I'll come up with that. And we'll I am out. sad because I did request something and I didn't get it. Nor in my defense, I still haven't seen it. I wanted to talk to Mr. Comic Book after that Doctor Strange movie. I still haven't seen that movie. So then what are you going to talk to him about? You want to go watch the movie? I'm going to. I'm just saying, I want to talk to him about it. So then, listen, make it happen, Captain. As soon as you fucking see the movie, I'll have him on the show. We'll do it. Fair enough. And then what's him call it? He already invited me. He's going to have me on not not comic conversation. What's the fucking other show he's got? I don't know. He wants to do a wrap-up for the Obi-Wan Kenobi series. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to get in on that. So that's going to be dope. I already have my issues with this series, but none of them really that negative. There you go. Uh, I'm loving this show so far, so we'll see. So, all right, guys, thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. Thank you for sharing. And, of course, thank you guys for enjoying episode whatever this is. I lost count. Who cares? This is my daddy's 200th episode. If you love the soul, boys, mints, t-shirts, mugs, tank tops, beats to house, phone cases, go to H-A-O-U-N.com. This is my daddy's 200th episode. This still keeps him busy. And he's not playing with me. So stop listening. But, but he's actually going to me, so I won't fight.